right, Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Brunani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sip it, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. What would you do? To get to me, what would you say for them retweets? You don't give up on your fuckery. That's why I hesitate to just log in. You can't be yourself. You play a role. You and your boys, lowest of the low. I'm about to blow and you can't turn away. All of this success gets you angry. Oh, if at first you don't succeed, first you don't succeed. You should definitely give up. Don't try again. Cause hell will open up and drag you in, drag you in blood clots. <laughs> Kalechi, 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 Kalechi. Lyrical genius. I mean, I feel like the only person that can really contend with me at this moment is Miss Banks. Um, all the other girls left in the dust, um, just like what the Jamaican team did, the uh, female runners, but we will get into that later. Um, if you're listening to this on a Monday and you know how much I love the read, the podcast, you know I'm just waiting for Kid Fury's sports shorts because it will be hilarious. Anytime Jamaica do anything, that patois comes out. It jumps out. So I, for one, cannot wait for that. But um, that song was inspired, you know, and I hope that Aaliyah's uh, albums are making it over to us now, despite her very money-hungry, selfish uncle or whoever that is that deals with her estate. Her, um, yeah, anyway, I'm... I just thought let's do a bit of a Leah, but definitely like if you try me once, don't try me again because, um, you know, the angels be watching, the angels be watching. Anyway, um, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What That's Right, Suck Your Mum. It is me, Kalechi, and a blood clot place to be. And you know, I'm here. That's all we can say. I am here. I'm here and I'm exhausted. It's been such, you know, when a week just feels long, it feels like it's been such a long week. Since I recorded last, it's been, ooh, it's been a lot. But I feel like there are lessons in everything, um, you know. I'll go into why this week has felt long, but I think one of the first things I will say is that last week I was just doing a quick shuffle for myself with the tarot card, um, with the tarot cards, and my eye caught the tower card, and I was just like, ooh, you know, what's happening here? I'm seeing the tower card. But before I used to get like really scared and like, oh, not scared, but just like, oh God tower card, that means that life is about to do bass boss with me and I just don't have time for bass boss. Um, but you know, the full moon in Aquarius is happening right now and I'm going to talk about that anyway. Um, so by the time you listen to this, the full moon in Aquarius would have passed. Um, but yeah, 
it's it's just been a lot. I saw the tower card and I thought, here we go. Like, here we go. And um, I wasn't expecting that. Monday, it would be and then Tuesday, like every single day has been like life really trying to spar with me. But what I learned in that moment and why I'm not so shook when I see the tower card anymore is the fact that all of these things happen and they're opportunities for me to um, witness my own growth. Like, do you ever get to kind of look at how the garden of your life has blossomed? Rarely do we get to take a step back and see, because I always, like, I reference it sometimes, but honestly, old me would not have been able to, like, calmly deal with a lot of the things that new me or emerging me um, is experiencing. Somebody would have got clotted in the throat. Locations would have had to be dropped. And I don't say that lightly because sometimes I think that people listen to this and they're like, no, how, how crowded is she really? No, really, really. Let's all know ourselves. Let's all know ourselves. But, um, yeah, I just, I, I'll go into all of the things that happened, but really I didn't get super down about things happening because all I saw was, um, um, kind of like opportunities for me to be like, rah, you've grown so much because this is not how you would have handled things before. So I say all of that to say like, yeah, don't be shook of the tower card. Don't be shook when there are like disruptions in your life because, it's about how you're dealing with those dis- um, disruptions because no disruption is ever really different from the last. Really, if you deep it, the energy of it is pretty similar, but you're being, they might show up in different circumstances, but the energy there still remains and you're just being, you're given an opportunity to kind of be like, right, you said that you were this, this kind of person. Here's an opportunity for you to kind of show that you're this kind of person. Um, so yeah, I thought I'd share that. And in other news, I've been watching Modern Love. I finished the new season now. And I always talk about that. There are some white actors, right? That just big boy actors, like Bagman actors. And one of them is Mini Driver because the episode with Mini Driver in it and that old car, when I tell you I was crying, whoo, I was crying, onions were being cut left, right and centre, but it was so beautifully done. The other episodes were cool too. Um, I would say that my least favourite was the best friend one, um, when they know each other from childhood and um, go to college and all of that stuff. I didn't really enjoy that one, but I was glad that it had a black woman protagonist, but I didn't really enjoy that one. Um, I just thought like the guy wasn't believable as the love interest, but I could be wrong. Um, and then there's obviously the one that stars my friend, Benga Akinagbe. He was Chris Partlow in The Wire and he's done some really great work since. Um, but that's when I, you know, it's when I saw him as Chris Partlow that I was just like, that guy, I love him. But then as you grow in life, you have to learn to separate characters that are villainous from like real life people who are just calm people. Um, but yeah, his episode was um, really good as well. So I, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, but that mini driver one, that episode, that was everything that was everything. That was by far to me the best one. I'm sure there was another one as well and probably was good and I can't even remember or maybe I just watched it in passing. Oh yes, there was the 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 girls. There was the young girls or, or like the teenage girls who um are exploring their sexuality. That one 
was good. That one was good. That one was good. But definitely the one with Mini Driver, that Seton Island was really nice. Oh, and then there was the one with Kit, is it Kit Harrington, the guy that was in Game of Thrones? Um, the one, Strangers on the Train, Strangers on a Dublin Train, where they start chatting on the train and, you know, um, they promise to meet each other when lockdown is over because everyone thought lockdown was only going to be two weeks. And I like how it ends. I like how it ends because that's how I like my things to end um, when I write short stories and things like that. So, um, yeah, that one was good. And I and I definitely prefer seeing him in something like this as opposed to, is it Criminal? Is it Was it called Criminal? That Net, Net, Netflix series where the episode he was in, the guy... Um, was accused of um, trigger warning, sexual assault. And by the end, they find that he didn't do it. And I was just like, of all the stories that you lot could have done, and then I saw that it was all men that worked on it. But of all the stories that you could have done, you've decided to do this. I just thought it was really, really irresponsible. And I didn't like him in that at all. I didn't like that episode at all. Um, but yeah, so it was good to kind of see him in something different. You know, I love my shows. I don't get to watch as many as I would like, though, because there's so much work for me to do. But I know that I have to be intentional about creating time and space for myself to just enjoy the things. Anyway, enough about me. Um, more about me. Anyway, um, let's look at the tarot for this week. The thing that I, the question that I put to Spirit was, um, you know, how do we tend what parts of ourselves basically do we need to tend to? That was the question. What parts of ourselves should we be tending to as a collective? And um, the first card that came out was the three of pentacles. Um, the three of pentacles came out because we need to tend to um, how vulnerable we um, allow ourselves to be within community. Um, that's super important. Um, I'm still using the Lisa Stoll Modern Witch Tarot deck here. But yeah, I've seen how vulnerable we allow ourselves to be in terms of community and also being open to help from um, our spirit guides, really. Um, you you just have to be open. There's so much more to life than what we see. And I mean, you can refuse that. You can and refuse and you can refute it and say that, no, I don't believe that to be so. And that's fine. That's perfectly fine. But I just feel like it makes for a rather lonely existence. But even if you don't believe in um, help from um, kind of celestial forces, then how about the help from physical, other like physical human beings? Because community is necessary. Like you need that. We all need that. And we all need somebody to lean on. Wow, I almost went 10 minutes without singing another song. Anyway, um, but what I, the way that I also read this card is to allow for celestial forces to also help in, in all of the things that we're trying to draw, the life that we're trying to create for ourselves. Um, because the Three of Pentacles, we see an older person almost giving advice maybe it's unsolicited, who knows, giving advice while this black girl with nice braids in an updo is drawing as at a life drawing class. And it looks like she's drawing the woman from the star card. We were literally talking about this in my live. I did a live the other day on Instagram and I did um, random tarot pulls for, card pulls for people um, who were watching. And this card came up and it's that sense of like, also like drawing your healing, drawing life. Like what is the life that you're trying to um, create for yourself? Allowing for help in creating that. Um, because 
the three of swords is here in reverse. So we've just done three, three. And then the next card is the nine of cups as well. So three by three, nine. So we're, everything is working together, whether you realize it or not. Everything is connected. Everything is connected. So the three of pentacles, maybe the resistance to um, allowing people to help is because of the ways that our heart has been hurt before and how sometimes it's a case of people not really understanding what it is that you're truly trying to do and, and how that's going to fulfill you. But that you just have to allow space, like the heartbreak has happened, like the heartbreak has happened and you've, you can't, only stay in that space forever like you've got to allow for life to go on and you've got to allow yourself to trust in other people it feels like such an extreme sport to trust other people but you've got to give it a chance even small small little by little and when you do that the nine of cups is possible then like emotional fulfillment is possible. And some of you even might feel like on the surface, well, I've got everything I want. I'm looking at the fact that the nine of cups, the woman has her arms crossed and her legs crossed. You might feel like I already have everything I want and I'm going to guard my cups because I don't need anyone to come through. I'm fine. But just always remember that you've got nine cups and as wonderful as that is, you haven't got 10 cups. Yeah. So there are things that people can still bring to you, even if you perceive yourself to already have a lot. Um, that's the whole way that abundance works like the it's limitless like you can keep having and having and having um and we're not talking about um like disgusting excess we're literally talking about just your cup being ever filled that is also a thing so allow for people to come in and and bring what they have to the table because i promise you as much as you have right now you don't have everything and there are different unique things that people bring to the table that could be of benefit to you and also um you've also got to prime the pump of of um abundance in this life by also giving yourself so even if you feel like oh I've already got everything but you could get more by also being of service to other people and being open to maybe sharing advice about how you got your things and things like that um like I did a master class at the Young Vic um at the weekend and um my master class is called uh, the alchemy of social media and this is the third year that the young vicars have asked me to come through to do this masterclass with the neighborhood voices uh, cohort. So there's a new cohort every year. And it was amazing to do because um, as the years have gone on, I've learned even more about this thing, this subject that I'm so interested in that I carved out that I want to share with other people. And my whole thing when I teach it is that I'm not here to teach you about how to gain followers or then you need to post this number of posts a day or these are the dimensions that you need to post your pics and your videos like fam loads of people can teach you that. I'm here to talk to you about how you can be vulnerable on social media and how you can use social media to be a reflection of aspects of yourself um, in order to um, sort of add a kind of robustness to the life that you're living and talking to them about boundaries, the fact that I'm very particular about what I share of my um, about myself online Um and there being reasons for that, like people are used to consuming the entirety of black women and rarely giving anything back. So I can choose that I only want the world to have 5% of me. And you know what, that 5%, you're going to fucking love it, mate. Um, because I do this so well that people believe that I'm their friend, right? And they've never met me before. And that means that I'm doing what I do and I do it well, but with respect to myself. 
And if I'm only giving 5% and it's already making me burnt out at certain points, then that means that if I were to give more, what would be left of me? What would be left for me? And I am an eighth house up in astrology. There are so many planets residing in my eighth house. So there's this idea of people just wanting to consume more and more and more of me. So that's why I instantly, if I feel like somebody's making a bit too much contact or wanting to kind of, um, penetrate that kind of, um, kind of force field that I have, I first have to check, is it, is it just me being triggered for some kind of reason or are they genuinely trying to violate my boundaries? All right. If it's that, then no step back. But if it's just them being friendly and trying to be loving, then, um, I try to soften myself and allow for that to take place because, you know, if people want to love you in in a healthy way, I'm talking about, whether that's through friendship or whatever, you have to allow for that to happen because that is also part of your healing. There's some medicines that you cannot administer yourself. You need other people to be able to do it for you. Um, That sounds really odd. But anyway, I feel like you get what I mean. So, um, yeah that's that, that's that for the tarot, I pray that it resonates with you, I didn't even use the wisdom of the oracle deck today, but didn't feel like I was called to, because I only grabbed this deck, so that's that, anyway, now that that's done, I feel like, let's move on to share your magnificence, yeah, let's do share your magnificence, because there's quite a bit happening there this week, without a doubt, this week, um, the first share your magnificence has to go out to Elaine Thompson, Hera, um, she's the fastest woman alive, like, literally, what, this Jamaican woman is the fastest woman alive, why I want to be friends with her, is because I will never miss the bus again, if I'm like, Elaine, you have to go ahead of me, go and catch it, so then I can catch up, and then I'll be running, like, one auntie that's carrying 16 shopping bags, so then I'll, I'll meet, I'll meet the bus, because she's caught it, but no, honestly, I feel like this is incredible and everyone knows that I love my Shelly Ann Fraser Price and just like it's amazing like these women and Sharika like and oh come on Brianna baby girl like these Jamaican women are out there track stars like literal track stars greatest of the greats like let's just fully deep it for for the small kind of island that Jamaica is Jamaica has given the world things. And I've said this on a podcast many times before, but when will the world give Jamaica back? The Give Jamaica its dues. Jamaica has given the world things. Like this podcast, half of the terms that I use, I would not have were it not for Jamaica. And so like history makers, like, ah, oh, I just, I'm in my feelings. Anyway, Olympic champion Elaine Thompson Hera ran the second fastest women's 100 metres of all time at the Eugene Diamond League. That happened over the weekend. Um, Yes. The only other person that's ran faster than her by half a second, literally half a second, is Flojo. Literally half a second faster is Flojo. Let me just check that. So the Jamaican who retained her 100, 100 meter, 200 meter title double in Tokyo clocked a new world lead of 10.54 seconds. She ran 100 meters in 10.5 seconds. I can't even get my mind around it. That it just almost sounds dangerous, you know, but I love it. Only American Florence Griffiths Joyner, also known as Flojo, has run faster when she set her world record of 10.5 point four nine seconds wow 
those numbers are even hurting my head to even comprehend. And she said that in um, 1988. Um, Britain's Dina Asher-Smith finished third in the 200 metres as she continues her return from the hamstring injury that blighted her Olympic campaign. Um, yeah, that's, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. Um, yeah, in the 100 metres, Thompson, here is Jamaican compatriots, um, Shelly Ann Fraser-Price and Sharika Jackson were second and third respective, uh, respectively in a repeat of the Tokyo podium. Um, American Shikari Richardson, who missed the Olympics because of a one-month suspension after testing positive for marijuana, finished last. Um, well, well. Uh, well, you, you know, you, um, Sh um, Shikari did say, um, this is one race. I'm not done. You know what I'm capable of. Count me out if you want to, because I'm here to stay. Um, yeah, earlier this season, Fraser Price ran 10.63 seconds to become the second fastest woman in history behind um, Flojo, only to see her time usurped by the 29-year-old Thompson Hera with um, 10.61 seconds as she retained her Olympic title in Tokyo. Like, these women are battling for it. Like, these women are battling for it. They're just getting faster and faster. And I just can't deal. Um, I just think it's amazing. Like, it's just amazing that she did 10.61 and she was just like, you know what, girls, that's not good enough. Let me give you 10.54. And uh, wow, it's amazing. Like, fastest woman alive, amazing. The second fastest, if we're saying um, Shelly Ann Fraser-Price, second fastest woman alive, well, there you go. Again, amazing. All from Jamaica, all from Jamaica. And you don't see a single one of them laughing with salad because white women love to laugh at salad. Go and look at all the stock images of white women in wellness and fitness. You'll see them holding a plate of salad and laughing and smiling as if the salad has told one amazing, incredible joke. Meanwhile, it's unseasoned. Um, do you season your salad? Well, I do. I put a little bit of dressing and a little bit of this and a bit of that but what I'm trying to say is that they're here they are eating hard food eating all of the things and they are blowing down this track so don't tell me about your eurocentric ideals um your ideology around um what is healthy food because you don't know the things you don't know the things because you don't know the girls um but what I really love I know that people said that there was tension between Shelly Ann and Elaine and you know it is what it is because competition makes people go harder. I feel like Shellyanne, she went and got a master's. She did this, she did that. She's not resting. She's not, she, or did she get a master's or a PhD? I've forgotten now, but I know I bigged her up on the show before. Um, but she's out here doing all of these things, racing her son. She's got so much. And, and I know that she's not going to be like, oh, you know, I'm just going to let that, um, let that time stay there with Elaine. And she's gonna, she's gonna fight back. Um, and I love that, you know, I love that. I think that that's good. I mean, I don't want people to be dragging each other's wigs off, but I just feel like that's great. I think that it's necessary. But what I really liked was um, Elaine, after Tokyo, her Tokyo wins, she posted a screenshot of the, her affirmations. And let me tell you, I love a motherfucking affirmation, okay? Because I do my, um, my winter solstice affirmations let me use that as an example. My winter solstice affirmations, I went and read them back and I read them here, you know, now and then. I went and read them back and literally, I would say 98% of what I wrote um, down in 2000 and I would say 2019 have pretty much all come to pass because 
these things take time. But I'm noticing that the other things that I've written for like 2020, you know, has it's happening already in 2021. So things start to man- manifest a lot more quickly. Um, and I just keep these, um, you know, affirmations, I write them down on paper and I, and I bless them and, and all of that. And then I keep them in a safe space and, um, yeah. And I just love that. These, these are Elaine Thompson Hera's, um, affirmations she wrote in her notes thing, in her notes app. I will run 10.5. I will run 21.5. I can do it. I am a winner. I am a champion. I will claim my double at the Olympic. I will run the curve hard. I will explode and jump from the blocks to the first 30 metres. I will train super hard. I will be the fastest woman alive. Say it, believe it, work for it and pray about it. I will be the double Olympic champion. Today is my day. I am the greatest. What I think is so cute is that um, she's put... um, She's put another affirmation at the bottom of this that she doesn't want people to see. So she scribbled it out. But I'm like, girl, you could have cropped it out because I can still sort of read it. But anyway, um, yeah, I just think that that's wonderful. And I think that that's for those who don't know this about affirmations, you have to write your affirmations as if they're happening in like the present. Um, I know that she wrote hers like I will claim. But I think that that's still technically um, I would I would write I am claiming but I will claim it still works, but you want to write it as if it's in the present. You don't want to write it in any, um, higgy hag away. But the thing is your prayers are always heard, Sha. Your affirmations are always heard regardless, but definitely you don't want any negatives. You don't want to write any like negatives, like, oh, I don't want, and I da 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 No, everything has to be positive. Everything has to be as present tense as possible. And, and that's it. And you go for it. And that's what she wrote. Um, she said I will be the fastest um, woman alive and she is the fastest woman alive now. And I love that for her. And it's important. She wrote, I um, say it, believe it, work for it and pray about it. People like to shit on affirmations like, oh, well, you guys, what you just say it and you leave it there. No, no, because there's a psychological process as well. Like you say the things you admit it to yourself and then you subconsciously, you're programming yourself to go for that thing. That's why you keep affirming it to yourself. So even your subconscious takes that as truth. And then your behavior starts to match the things that you say that you want. And thus those things appear as if by magic but actually it's because you've retrained your subconscious to identify the opportunities that would align with the affirmations that you're saying so I just wish that people would stop being so fucking stupid and obtuse online when it comes to things like affirmations and and spirituality and like I don't know tarot astrology like bang your jokes but sometimes your jokes don't even make sense so yeah whatever but I just thought I'd share that because I think that that is a wonderful achievement. And as for Shikari, you know, that was a whole thing that people going back and forth, dragging each other. And I just think, yeah, yeah, there's definitely a glee that's um, a glee and a joy some people get when they're like, oh, look at this black woman who flopped. But at the same time, I think we have to be honest and say, like, if people are boasting about I'm this and I'm that, there is the likelihood that when they when they're not that, when they're far behind that that people are going to be like oh hey girl but you said this because the thing is you you have to be full of chat and not take it back like and she still is and which I respect she's just like I said what I said I'm still going to be this I'm still going to be that like she's 21 you know she's got time and people like oh you know Shikari needs to get a PR person 
And you know what? I guess I'm going to be controversial and I'll say I don't think that she does need a PR person because I hate, for instance, that the Formula One people have PR people um, because you can see that it's stifling the things that they truly want to say and all this tension is building up. Fam, let everyone say what they want to say in it. I want to see who you are and, and we'll go from there. We have to be okay with people just appearing as who they are, even if it grates us the wrong way or rubs us up the wrong way. It is what it is. But for me... I, my money will always be on Jamaica every single time. When it comes to this, Jamaica, ja Jamaica, Jamaica, or every single time. But I don't, you know, want people to be getting dragged up and down, clearly. But, you know, the jokes will fly. The jokes have to fly, you know? It is what it is. Um... But yeah, big up Jamaica, big up Shellyanne, big up Elaine, big up Sharika, big up Brianna, and big up all of the other af um, athletes, you know, like, we, we look at these things and we're like, oh, rah, she, you know, Sh Shikari came last, but do you still know the time that they're doing? <laughs> do you still know the time that they're doing? Because people are like, oh, well, I would have finished in the same place that she finished if I ran the race as well. Yeah, but do you know how far back you would have finished? So, again, let's all respect ourselves because we watch it on TV and it, because they're competing with each other we can make those kind of um distinctions but if you put i i think that it was um i think it was uh crystal who said this before on um the read when she was like you know what i think to help people contextualize how amazing some of these athletes are and how they're competing against each other not us you should put an everyday person to <laughs> to like do the same thing just so we can understand the disparity in time and understand that nah this is not this isn't this isn't any sort of pappy show like let's all be aware of what's happening right now right um so yeah I feel like if they'd simply had an extra person from down the road um from Asda or somewhere just be like come through you come in and you take part as well and then we'd see then we would see no shade to Asda because I know that some world-class athletes, you know, while they're not training, they work at Asda, but my, just get an everyday person shot is what I'm saying. And then you will see just how incredible these people are. Um, so yeah, two slaps on your chest, Elaine, for doing the things and being literally the fastest woman alive. I love it for you. Um, yeah. And then also on share your magnificence, I guess, let me do this, um, voice note. So I know that you guys have been, I say you guys, you, you people then have been sending in your voice notes and I haven't been getting through them. And some of them now are no longer relevant. So my apologies for that. I need to stay on top of my things. Um, I like this voice note. I thought I'd played this one. Hello. Um, Kalechi, I have been wanting to send you a letter or something for a while now, and um, I just can't seem to get my act together to write a letter, so I figured I would send a voice note and hope and pray that it reaches you. Um, I got introduced to you, I want to say, last year, 2020, end of the year, after I was in England and got stuck in England um, for a while. I just, I don't know what category this is going to fall under, but I think it's probably a share your magnificence and my magnificence is you. Um, I cannot begin to state how much you have just buoyed my confidence level, my confidence in being myself, um, seeing how um, brave, courageous, I don't know, badass you are just about speaking your mind, speaking your truth, saying it with vim and vigor. I... I admire it so, so, so much. I have, 
always said that I would send you a note letter when I had read all of your I'm sorry, listen to all of the podcasts. And at this point I have, I've listened to them front to back and, and now I'm listening to them back to front. Um, you're just such an inspiration. I'm just so um, grateful that someone like you exists in the universe. You've given me so much um, grace. Um, it's almost like the things that you've been through um, almost synchronized with what I'm going through and I know that you're wonderful because um, there's so much resistance from people when I tell them that I'm listening to you or when I um, repeat things that you've said um, uh, when 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 it's not met with sort of like co-signing that's when I know that it's a powerful truth so I just want to say thank you I want to say that I really appreciate you and I hope that you continue doing every single thing that you're doing and just for context because I'm trying to keep this short under two minutes but it's already gone over but just for context I live in the U.S. but I'm Nigerian Yoruba on both sides and um yeah but I was born and raised for the most part in England so um yeah, I just feel like, you know, you're so much like me and it just feels so great to see somebody who I can really, really relate to on a lot of levels. And I really appreciate you for that. God bless. Be well. May it all go as your Ori has designed for you. And um, I thank God, Uludu Maria, for your life. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. I like that for so many reasons. I think that her voice is just ah oh, lush. I love that. I love that. Um, thank you for that. Thank you. Two slaps on my chest because honestly, some weeks I'm just like, oh, this life thing is really tough. Like adulting is super super tough. Um, and standing up for yourself constantly is really super tough. But I'll get into that later because I'm gonna cuss some people out in a major way. Um, but we're currently doing Shea Your Magnificence. So there's no point in talking about that right now, but you know, we'll get to that. Um, and then my last, um, Shea Your Magnificence goes out to Noir Fitfest, AKA Lauren, um, Lorraine, I was going to say Lauren, Lorraine, my baby girl, Lorraine, um, like Lorraine, I've known for a while. Um, both Lorraine and Cheryl have, um, a podcast called Two Girls and a Mic. And I, that's, that was kind of like one of my first forays into like being a podcast guest. And I've gone on their podcast, I think twice. And it's, it's just great. It was just great to kind of see how they go about doing things and getting that vibe. And so there's some real OGs out there that have been on this podcasting thing. And so big respect to both Lorraine and Cheryl. But, um, um, and rather, um, Lorraine, um, has, uh, a new, well, I talked about them last year on the podcast, but they've, um, Lorraine has a fitness festival called Noir Fit Fest. That's N-O-I-R-E Fit Fest, or one word, uh, that focuses on centering like black fitness professionals and black wellness, uh, people and having a day of just celebrating that and um, enjoying that. So they're going to have um, an event in Shoreditch and I pretty much caught up with Lorraine to talk about it. So here you go. 
Lorraine, 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 thank you for joining me today. I'm really glad that we're getting to do this um, because you're a baby girl. You and Cheryl, I've known you from Two Girls and a Mic. Yes. And, and <laughs> you were one of the you were one of the first podcasts that actually invited me on. And you were like, come through. And it was such a vibe. And you both have been a vibe from day. And then I started watching your journey when you decided to compete. And I just thought, Guan Lorraine, Guan Lorraine, oh yes. <laughs> It feels like a lifetime ago. Oh my God. Yes, but that's what I love. Like our lives, like we live so many different lifetimes. We live Mm. so many different lifetimes simultaneously and we watch each other grow. And then here you are now with Noir Fit Fest. And, um, but let's go to there. Like, because I feel like the um, bikini competition um, kind of was a pivotal space for you. It was, Mm. it really kind of changed the trajectory of the things that you wanted to do. And now the space that you're in, what kind of led you to say, boom, I'm going to do this comp. And then what happened as a result of that? Yeah, so um, I did the competition because it was something that I had always wanted to do. So I've come from a really sporty family. So my mom is a fitness instructor. She's like 67 now. She's been doing it for decades and she's still doing it now uh, my brother is an MMA, MMA fighter mm-hmm. and he too used to compete and then my other brother he's just heavily into fitness and he does whatever and he, he enjoys it so we've kind of grown up as a very kind of sporty family thanks to my mum kind of introducing that kind of side you know of life to us so I've always had it around me so uh, my mum is like a major inspiration when it comes to just kind of entering into fitness spaces because as a single parent she just used to drag me up and down with her going to the gym going to do her aerobics classes and all of that so I just for me it was normal to see you know my mum and her peers kind of doing that obviously that was like back in the late 80s early 90s without trying to reveal too much of my age <laughs> and, um, you know and I just like just like I said this is a flow my mum around and it was just normal and um she used to go to all of these different kind of aerobic classes and stuff like that and this is when kind of like garage and jungle was like you know the hot hot thing of mm. the moment so there used to be like um these aerobic classes she used to go to one that was in Peckham and it was at this really old kind of proper meathead gym and they had like a Mm. studio in the back so they used to hire it out to instructors and um, let me tell you it was such a vibe if I if there was like Instagram back then and I could film it and like send it to you you would see like the sweat of it was like a proper rave so there was like almost an hour and a half of my mum and her friends and everybody just doing a madness in their like aerobics and everything like that so I grew up seeing that and to me I was like oh my god this is really really good so obviously as I got older you know I um didn't start off my career in a personal training I actually started it um as a um, fashion stylist so I worked with a lot of music artists I did that for a little bit I got bored and I just decided I wanted to leave but I didn't know what I wanted to do Mm. so I just kind of got to a point in my life where I just felt it wasn't a weight thing it was more of I feel really unhealthy I was miserable I wasn't Mm. happy like it was very much a mental thing for me and I don't know what happened so I just woke up one day and I just like I feel like I need to get my health in check so I started kind of just moving around a bit more Mm. going to the gym a little bit more but doing it not in a way that made sense I was doing it just kind of reading magazines and being told, oh, you need to run for hours at a time or you need, oh, no. you know, the bare minimum. So doing things that a lot of women tend to do is like, oh my God, fat is the enemy. So let me just run like Forrest Gump. Let me just keep running. 
running, running. And Run, like, Forrest. Yeah, and I was losing weight, obviously, because I wasn't eating a lot. And mm. I was just over overtraining, basically. And um, I was like, yeah, I'm losing the weight, but I still wasn't entirely happy with my body. And then my brother decided he was going to do WBFF. Now, my brother's already cut to be mm-hmm. shredded to death anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, cool. So he started training with um, a, a very well-known trainer called Gabriel Say, who turned out to be my trainer in the end. Mm. And he was like, and then I saw my brother's transformation and it would just blew my mind. I'm like, how has your body changed? But you haven't actually like you didn't go straight up and down like how my body did like mm-hmm, you literally mm-hmm. just spilled out and I was like that's kind of what I want that's what I wanted that's what I wanted mm-hmm. so I was like okay fam you need to you know share the details and everything and he was like oh just contact my trainer in it blah, blah. So <laughs> great voice his trainer and um I was like look I really enjoy working out like I've been working out but I've only been doing like aerobics or just general cardio I really don't know what I'm doing in terms of like weight training can you help me so it's like yeah sure no problem so that's how the whole com- competition thing got started and I'm so grateful that I found him because at the time that I found him, that's when I decided I wanted to kind of go into personal training. So as mm-hmm. I'm doing my course, I'm also doing, I'm also training for this competition. So mm. what I'm learning, I'm actually putting into practice. And that kind of came about. And that's when I did my first competition. And then entering into the, the kind of bodybuilding space, that was a proper eye opener in itself. Mm-hmm. Now, with black men, you can imagine, you know, they don't dominate it, but there's quite a few black men who are actually in the sport. Yes. Black women, few and far between. I think Mm. for my first comp was maybe me and maybe two other people. And then for my second comp, again, me and three other people. And Mm. like the the, um, category that I entered into, which is called bikini trained, it's actually quite a big category. A lot of women kind of go for that kind of... um, bikini train is more kind of your athletic but not really big and bulky so you just Mm -hmm, have mm -hmm. quite an athletic frame so I'm there and I'm like why are there not many like why is it me and just this other girl here and it's like you know Mm. when you see another black person in a black space kind of start gravitating towards them because it's like oh my god my black friend let's 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 get together (laughs) that's what it was and it was like we me and this person we still talk even now and we kind of check up on each other but I just thought this is really weird like what is it that's keeping us from certain spaces and then when I obviously started um being when I qualified to be a personal trainer I then obviously was taking on clients and I obviously started like connecting with different um PTs either via just um my work environment or through social media and you know even your story when you were talking about <laughs> the 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 um the pole studio that you went yeah. to was in Manchester. Yeah, Manchester. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was hearing stories like that and yeah. others, and I was like, I'm hearing too much of this. This is actually irritating me. And one of the things that kind of got me was that it pulled me back to when I used to see my mum going to those um, aerobic classes, and like there were loads of black women there. But then I grew up in the area where it was predominantly black people, but mm. clearly you know on a, on, on a bigger scale that's lit- literally a small amount of people and it's not translating to the wider community and I just think it's because maybe we're not being seen enough maybe you know I guess it might be a cultural thing where you know I guess certain 
black people are like no that's not for us we don't do that blah blah mm. blah I, I I really don't know what it is so for me like I said it was the norm for me but then I had to really come outside of myself and say look not everybody has grown up with a mum like you that used to run up and down and jump up and down to garage and jungle music every mm. you know how many times a week so um yeah so this kind of this whole festival has come about as a result of all of these little experiences and stories and things I've been hearing and seeing and I'm just like no that the, the, this is actually kind of like silly there's so many black personal trainers I know so many black fitness um professionals that I know mm. but they're so under the radar the yes. perception is is that we are not there and no it's, it's just not on and then I'm, I'm somebody I don't know about you I don't know if you're somebody that used to go to like kind of uh, wellness and fitness festivals and then you go to mm. those spaces and it's supposed to be for everybody because mm. obviously the fitness industry and the wellness industry likes to promote fitness and wellness for everyone but when I'm yeah. I'm not seeing everyone. I'm not seeing no. everybody. So for me, that's that's a problem. And I, I'm not yeah. one of those people who wants to keep knocking, knocking on people's door. Why is Kalechi not here? She's an amazing mm. pole instructor. Why is this person not here? They do amazing hit things, blah, blah. Nah, let me just build the table and just mm. like, you lot fam, come, let's, let's True. do this. Because I'm, I'm tired of begging now. Like it was every minute we're like asking for things to be included, even though we more than contribute to society like way more than what we what what, what we um kind of make up I think we're only like three percent of the population but yeah contribute to life is way more than than that three percent so yeah me, it's like let's just start building our own things and worry about you know <laughs> the people who are like oh why are they creating these spaces or oh it's racist <laughs> for white people they get really angry like you have been setting it up that's all you set up it. like that's literally yeah. all you set up you don't set up anything else <laughs> it's that's like all we're you not allowed to set up. <laughs> yeah but I think that that's why I thought it was so interesting and you know I've mentioned Noir Fit Fest um on the podcast before but I think that that's why it's so interesting that you're doing this because a lot of the fitness slash wellness spaces are why our middle class are very um, slim body focused, for instance, mm. as well. And so um, everything about it is meant to other those who are kind of like racialized and minoritized, like they're kept out of it. I know that some of the biggest festivals, fitness festivals that I've taken part in, I've been invited as like a twerk instructor or come here and teach a bit of pole dance. But why am I not there um, talking about the things? Why am I not there on the panels? Why? How did this happen where you want my body, but you don't want my opinion? Mm. That is that is really, really interesting to me. So I think that it's great when there um, is a fitness space that is um, and it's a fitness and wellness um, festival that centers um, the variety of black experiences and at least shows you that look all of these black and um, fitness professionals are here and they've been here for decades like I feel like it shouldn't be one of them things that if you know you know because we know so many white fitness professionals is that that Joe Wicks here yeah. this person there this book and um, Kayla whatever there's so many but black people it's not the same black fitness prof professionals it's not the same so I think that having this festival that normalizes seeing black people within that wellness space, it really switches things up a lot. So mm. it's in September. Yep, September the 18th, which is a Saturday, and it's yeah. accessible via two modes. So you can either um, download, um, no, as long as you've got Zoom, you can purchase yeah. the link and you'll have access 
um, all day via Zoom if you can't make the actual venue. If you want to come to the venue, you go to the website, which is www.noirfitfest.com. That's Noir with an E. And then um, there's obviously additional information. So there's the timetable there. The previous year, because we launched last year, so you can mm -hmm. have a look at the videos and pictures from that. And you can book the venue um, tickets as well. So yeah, so you'll see everything there. I've kind of um, created it to kind of um, include like lots of cultural things that we're, we're kind of, we're known for kind of doing. So the things that will be there are things like soca aerobics. Yes. Like a booty bashman um, yes, um, yes. teacher as well. We've got our hit instructor. We've got um, yoga as well, which is uh, really, really important to me that, that people get involved in yoga. Mm, that's yeah. Another kind of thing that A is totally whitewashed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and B is something that we need and it was like it was birth from black and brown people so I don't understand yes. how it's been um, taken over but that's another oh, well we understand we know, day. Like we know what um, so yeah so, yeah so again just go to the website where there's an Instagram page we're now on TikTok so we're oh. all over the place so there you go it's you know it's there for you to um to purchase and come and support man I'm looking forward to seeing everybody come down no, then the end, and we shall, and we will <laughs> like it. So, um, I think it's great if people can and feel safe to definitely go in person because it's a forest space in Shoreditch, right? Yeah, so, yeah, like if you can, yeah, so if you can, like go through, um, you know, buy a ticket and really support so we can, you know, have more of these festivals, so we can have more of these wellness festivals on an even larger scale, like freaking hell we should be able to take over the O2, come on. Uh, maybe not, no, maybe not in a panoramic, <laughs> but you know, at one point we should definitely be able to, you know, so that's what I, you know, I want for, for you and for this in terms of its um, growth and stuff. So yeah, you heard it, you heard it. Um, thank you Lorraine for sharing that with us and and everyone go and support the team, like go on Noir Fit Fest, that's N-O-I-R-E Fit Fest, F-I-T-F-E-S-T dot com. That's correct. Yeah. Yep, dot com and, and go and check it out and um, support the team. Yeah. But thank you, Lorraine. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. I loved it here. I love your show. I thank, <laughs> thank, I thank you. you for calling me a baby girl. <laughs> like out here now. I was like, no one can tell me anything. I'm a baby girl. Collection said so. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs>so i hope that you enjoyed that conversation with myself and lorraine and it's great to kind of see um and to hear rather um her experiences with her mum growing up and her mum already being into fitness and um wellness and dancing and all of those things in that way because you have such po positive memories of being active and physically active that I think those things carry on. And that's why I feel like it's important for um, Lev to see me training and doing the things that I'm doing because I want um, for Lev to have that kind of positive Im imagery um, of a women, a black woman training, a black woman enjoying movement. Um, so when he sees it as he's growing up in life, it's not weird to him. And I think that there are so many uh, men who they find it really weird to see a woman who's like very physically active, um, just see a woman who's like her whole rounded self. I know that it throws them off a lot and it's a shame because, um, they should have been raised better. Um, anyway, like we said, Noir Fit Fest, um, is on, Saturday, 18th of September, you can actually go to Forest Space in Spitalfield or you can um, take part in the online event. So I'll add a link to this and you can go and buy tickets and support the ting. But big up yourself, baby girl, Lorraine. 
two slaps on your chest for doing something wonderful, for looking at where we need to be represented more and doing that representing. I love it for us. Anyway, let's big up this week's show sponsor who are BetterHelp. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness? Maybe you see a black woman online living her best life and it really bothers you so much that you go and create a burner to start sending her abuse. And, uh, you know, it's like preventing you from achieving your goals. Um, I've seen it happen time and time again. Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. There um, are a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in your area. The services is um, the service is available for clients worldwide. So you can find all of the things that you need, even if you can't like find it with your local therapists or counsellors, just jumping online and jumping onto BetterHelp, you might be able to find what you need. Um, You can log into your account at any time and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it even um, like super easy to um, change therapists if needed. BetterHelp want you to start living a better life today. So you can go to BetterHelp, that's betterhelp.com forward slash your mind. That's betterhelp.com forward slash your mind and join the over 1 million people who have taken taken charge of their mental health uh, with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for all of my baby girls, my baby boys and baby non-binaries. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash your mind. So go and get into it. Anyway, let's get on with So You Mad. So before I start So You Mad, I will say that next week, Start Your Motors returns because the um, we're going to get back into the uh, second half of the uh, season, the Formula One season. And that's going to be the Belgian Grand Prix. But the Japanese Grand Prix has been cancelled. And you know what? I get it. If I had, I think I mentioned this last week, but maybe I didn't because maybe they just announced it the week just gone. But anyway, I understand the Japanese Grand Prix not going ahead. Now you can call me delusional or not um, or whatever, but I truly believe that somehow, somehow I was going to be able to go to the Japanese Grand Prix for my birthday because my birthday is the 5th of October for those who want to um, buy me more Crocs um, and or um, nice things. But um, yeah, I'm my birthday is the 5th of October and the Japanese Grand Prix would have been the 8th to the 10th of October. But I understand it being cancelled. Like fam, they just had the Olympics, you know, and I think they've now got the Paralympics, if I'm not mistaken. They just had the Olympics. Like the Japanese people are tired. Like people are just running in and out of their country. No, no, no. So I get it. Like, no, they don't want it. And and that's fine. So I guess that I'll be just here staring at my own face in the mirror on my birthday. And yeah, 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 yeah. Like my brother said, oh, try to, you know, invite more than your two friends. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Next question. 
But um, yeah, it's, it's sad that it's not going ahead, but I totally get it. I totally understand. Like you have to think about the health um, of your people and keeping them as protected as possible. And I know that they really, really campaigned against that as well. The Japanese um, citizens, a lot of them did not want this to be a thing that was happening because they were fearful of what the repercussions would be um, in terms of like, you know, um, public health. So, you know, them not wanting to go ahead with the Grand Prix, totally understandable. Um, just means that I won't be there for my birthday, but I'm sure I'll see the people of Japan soon because I know the girls would love to see me. Um, actually, looking at my insights, I don't know if I've got listeners anymore in Japan. I know I used to have a few. Maybe they gave up on me. They were like, this time difference is a madness. Fuck off. Um, but if you're still out there, my Japanese booze, hey, I don't know any Japanese and I don't want to offend anyone because I was really going to say something there, but I don't know any Japanese. So I'll just wait to be taught some things. Um, but yeah, uh, I hope you're all well. And I love that you stood your ground. It is what it is. So I don't know if there's going to be another race that replaces the Japanese Grand Prix, but we'll see. I don't think so, but I'll keep an eye out. Anyway, let's get into So You Mad. Like I said, I saw this um, kind of fiasco I literally called it that in my notes. I called it the red dress fiasco. I saw this in my note um, in online last week and it really blew my mind because people are so hateful and they just don't want people to have nice things. So there's this user, um, they're called EC, EC Ritty, Erica, they're called, yeah, Erica. Um, they go by she, her, and um, they're a, a medical professional. And I think they've written that Barack Obama follows them. Okay, cool. Well, you are pretty. Um, anyway, it says here, so Erica posted a picture of herself in a very, very flamey dress. Flamey, flamey, looking hot, 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 and sexy, hot and sexy. Um, so, um, the caption says, Oh, the tweet rather says, I ordered a red pencil skirt for my white coat ceremony and Nordstrom um, rack messed up and sent me a $1,600 Hervé Lager dress. Should I keep it? The skirt was $150 and they didn't charge me extra. When I tell you that people were losing their minds in her comments, like she's got so many re, um, quote um, retweets, quote tweets and 180k likes um, on this, right? Then the second tweet says, okay, ladies, gaydies and gentle thems, um, what am I doing with this dress? Keep it, you look expensive or resell and pocket the, the dollars, um, keep it, you look expensive, got 92%, resell and pocket the dollars, got 8%. And then she even posted the tag of the dress and it says $1,690 is what the dress actually costs. And um, yeah, so she's posted this. I have to say specifically, white women were losing their minds in the comments. How dare you keep that dress? That is so dishonest. I would piss off, piss off. You're telling me that them man made a mistake. I, I wanted a $160 thing. I $150 even. I wanted a, a young $150 skirt. Them man messed up and gave me something that was 10 times the price or whatever. I should now go and return it for whom and for what? No, no. It's like the time that Crystal said on the read, I keep referencing the read. Maybe I'll be on there soon. Pray for it for me. Anyway, when they brought 
uh, Chris saw the wrong TV and brought her a larger TV than the one that she'd ordered. What do you mean I'm going to give it back? I'm not giving it back. I'm not giving it back. I'm not giving it back. That's God blessing my life. God said that you order one thing and I'll give you more. I'm keeping the thing because who really is hurt by me keeping the thing? Nobody. Well, maybe the assistant that that messed it up, but that again, not my personal problem. I'm keeping it. Okay. Um, but the kind of things that they were writing under the thing, um, yeah, one other MD wrote, um, realize this isn't your fault but the optics on this are terrible did they also send you the pencil skirt because if so then you need to return the dress unworn even if you don't get refunded for it assuming the skirt fits if no skirt um you must pay 350 dollars difference as dress is 500 dollars um and then somebody wrote, um, no, I worked in retail management for 20 years. She's entitled to either receive the skirt she actually ordered or a refund. Legally, she has the right to keep the dress and do what she pleases with it. And then somebody else was like, optics, you mean that the comp a company was irresponsible enough to send the wrong order and not send what she actually ordered. She's within the law and went above her obligation in trying to return it. And like I said, it's a white woman writing this. The optics of this looks horrible. Why are you worried about the optics? Because that's another thing as well. You men are too concerned about how things look. So that's why you perform as if you've got all this purity, white feminine purity. Meanwhile, you're demonic behind the scenes. Absolute demons. Stop performing purity. Stop performing kindness and actually just be kind. This is a whole entire brand. This is a whole last brand. And let me tell you, Erica was good because Erica actually walked up to the place or went to the place and she was like, look, this is what you did. Um, I'm bringing it back to you. I want to give it back to you. But remember that they said you have to have a receipt. Erica doesn't have a receipt because she never ordered that thing. The actual thing that she ordered, you still haven't delivered. So in actuality, she could turn around and be like, I still want the skirt that I ordered. I'm going to keep this $1,690 dress, but I also still want my $150 skirt. How about that? Because she's well within her rights. And when she tried to return it, you said, no, because you haven't got a receipt. Um, so we, we can't take it from you. Meanwhile, she's not even asking for a refund. She's just saying, I want to give you back this dress, but they refuse to accept it. How, who am I? Who am I as a child of God to turn down something that's been given to me for free? I'm keeping it. And I just hate that people were on her case about this is morally this, is this morally that. Shut up. It's not morally anything. She can keep the dress, leave her alone. Um, and it, yeah, it's just, it's just very nasty vibes. Somebody that would have probably kept the skirt for themselves or kept the dress for themselves now telling her that, oh, she can't keep it. Um, and people are saying, oh, it's theft. How does she steal it? She was in her yard. You man pressed on the bell. She answered the bell. She answered the door. She took the package. She opened the package. It wasn't what she ordered, but what you did give her was a dress that fit her like a glove because it was holding onto them curves like, you know, so why should she now not keep it? You're too bad mind. You're too bad mind. And some of you, the capitalism has you by the neck, has you by the absolute neck because nobody is going to miss this dress. Leave her alone. Um, so I just wanted to share that because I just hated how, um, certain people were moving in her mentions. I just thought, go and sit down, man, go and sit down because these times, look, look at that. Look at that. Let me even thank you spirit for bringing me that piece of information and bringing me that inspiration forever grateful, ever blessed. Right. Why don't you have this much vim for, um, for instance, um, what is that? Tom, Tom um, Hopkins, John Hopkins, when they took the cells of Henrietta, Henrietta Lacks, 
why don't you have the same vim for them and how, you know, they should be returning this because the optics of this look terrible, right? At least they should be thinking about how they can compensate the family for the fact that they've been using these cells for years and years and years and years. You don't have the vim for that. The country that you're probably living in right now, stolen from under the noses of the indigenous people. What about the optics of that? Have you worried about the optics of that? But no, instead you'll be screaming, America, America, land and the home my love. I don't even know if that's what you lot sing, but Thanksgiving, you'll be chopping turkey and you'll be chopping that seasonless dry turkey and you'll be guzzling down cranberry sauce. But you don't think about the optics of that, that you're giving thanks for land that you stole. But this baby girl now, because of optics, because of optics, oh my God, optics, go to Specsavers, you pomplex. Because of optics, she should now give back the dress. Let me tell you from now, if you accidentally send me a $1,700 dress, I'm keeping it. And I want to see who's going to come and fight me to remove it from my body. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, yeah, I thought I'd share that. And then I've also got another voice note. Look at me treating you to voice notes this week because I'm actually going through my inbox like a sensible person should. Here you go. Hey Kalechi, um, first of all I just want to start off by saying thank you for all you do. I caught onto your podcast during the pandemic and let me tell you it has got me through. Never take your foot off to people them's necks. Continue to support us in not allowing anyone to take us for idiot and just continue to be amazing. Just continue to be amazing. That G-Wagon is en route. Amen. I'm one of them people that usually say, long story short, and then the story is not short, but I'm going to try. (laughs) I've got an event. I was at my event the other day, and I have a beautiful Nigerian fan that someone brought back for me from Nigeria. Cool. I left my fan on the side because I was chatting to somebody. For purposes of this story, let's call her uh, Lulu Bell. (laughs) Right. Lulu Bell, come up in the party. I'm minding my business. I'm having my conversation. I'm minding my whole black business. All right, cool. Lulu Bell walks in front of me and I see Lulu Bell fanning with my fan. Where's... Okay. So I tap her. Before any words even come out of my mouth, Lulu Bell is on some, oh my gosh, um, oh, is this yours? Um, I just saw it on the side and, you know, I was hot. So, you know, I just started to... Fa- and I'm looking at this girl in her throat and I'm like... I'm not even accepting her apology because what are you doing? Anyway, she gives me back my things. She walks off. I continue to cuss to my brethren about what's happened. Half an hour later, she come back again. Listen, um, excuse me, excuse me. I know you probably don't want to give me the time of day, but I just need you to know that I'm really sorry. Um, I just need you to know that I picked it up because I came in and I was hot. So I just needed to fan. You know, it's hot in here. Yes, Lulu Bell, I know it's hot in here. That's why I have brought my own fan to the Sutton. <laughs> so I'm looking at her in her face. Obviously, I didn't say that to her, but I'm looking at her in her face and she just blinking, just blinking. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. Up to now, number one, I have not accepted any of those, oh, I'm so sorry's. And number two, I just looked at her and I said, you know what the moral of this story is? Don't pick up things that don't belong to you. And I turned away and I carried on fanning with my fan. Why is now Lulu Bell energy all up in my fan? Who told you? Who sent you? The the colonising and the looting continues. Just continues. Anyway, 
As soon as that happened, I just thought I want to tell Kalechi. <laughs> so I just wanted to share that with you. Thank you so much for being great. As I said, the G wagon is on its way in 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 post haste. All right, I'm gone. I've tried to make this it's under three minutes. Okay, thanks. Bye. I love that. I love that so much. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for sending that through. And if I hadn't named the episode, well, no, I might still change the name of this episode. But if I hadn't named the episode what I wanted to name it, um, your bottom barrel boo, um, I would definitely have named it the fanning of Lulu Bell, um, <laughs> because that just summarizes the caucasity that I notice sometimes. And I actually just. When we talk about white privilege, just being able to kind of like look at something, not know that it belongs to someone else, because it's not like there was a table of fans in it. If there was a table of fans that, you know, had ethnic designs and there was a table of fans and you just pick one up, it's like fine because you saw a table of fans. So you must have thought that all of these fans were for the people. Cool. But you saw one fan, one lone fan. It wasn't any sort of like a plain white fan, plain black fan. It probably had a very distinctive design. So that means that somebody intentionally brought it to the thing. And then you thought, you know what? I'm hot. So I'm going to use it. Why doesn't this kind of um, assertiveness apply when it's time to wash your legs, when it's time to wash your body regularly? That same thing of like, oh, I'm hot. I'm going to take that fan. Should be like, oh, I haven't bathed in three days. I'm going to bathe more regularly. Oh, that's a sponge. I'm going to use it. There are things, and I'm not even attacking you here. I'm going off the things that you man have shared unprovoked upon the internet, right? Same thing, that energy to just reach for something that you didn't necessarily put there. You could do the same thing and reach for seasoning. Like you see that chicken breast just looking at you. You see the chicken breast just looking at you and then you stare back at it and the chicken breast is looking at you and you're looking at the chicken breast and then it's a standoff. And then finally you give in and you just take that chicken breast and you throw it in the oven just like that, just like that. I want to reverse that and I want the same energy applied to taking people's fans to go towards the you having the stare down with the chicken breast and you go, ah, paprika, ah, garlic salt, ah, thyme, ah, chili flakes, ah, black pepper. I just want you to grab things, you know, I just want you to, to grab things that would make your culinary experience just more lively. You know, as the saying goes by those young philosophers, spice up your life. Mm? That's what I want for you. But honestly, stop grabbing people's things. Stop taking people's things. And the thing is, she knew. Because the moment she felt tap, tap, tap on her shoulder, instantly Lulu Bella's turned around and gone, oh, is this yours? So you you knew that at some point somebody was going to come and take back their thing. Instead, you're just there fanning your sweat into everybody's eyes, finding your colonizer sweat into everybody's eyes. Don't do that. Stop taking people's things. This is, it's that whole thing again of, we talk about, oh, I wasn't aware of my racism. I wasn't aware of this. I wasn't aware of that. And the reason I am talking about it in a racial context is because again, I assert that that fan had designs on it that would let you know that it's not any fan. It's not just any fan. It's specific to somebody. It's specific to an ethnic somebody more than likely. And you saw the thing and because it wasn't being guarded, even though in your mind you knew that it probably did belong to somebody because nobody was guarding it, you went, boom, I'm going to take it because I want to use it, right? And if nobody had ever come for it, you would have just continued to use it. 
This also applies to countries and that same, and how everything, this idea of feeling entitled to things happens on a spectrum, right? So you see a fan and you're like, boom, I'm going to ha- help myself to that. Somebody sees a country full of blackies. They don't see blackies as humans, whatever. I'm going to help myself to that too. I always wonder about these um, islands that these billionaires buy because I saw a picture of like Tommy Hilfiger the other day and I saw that he's got um, a, a kind of like mansion on this island that lots of superstars like to, like to live near, um, somewhere in the Grenadines. Um, and I saw that and it was just like, oh yeah, you know, the first person that came over here to kind of like populate it was this British. I said, well, really British, really? Oh, I'm so surprised. Shock, horror. Um, and, you know, invited all of their other superstar friends to also come and invest in the island because it was just there. And I was just like, was it really just there? I'm sure that people were actually living on the island and you just thought I'm going to buy it from right underneath them and they can work for us, all of us fancy people that come here for our summer breaks and our Christmas breaks, you know, and it's super private and we don't want, um, we don't want paparazzi. We don't want those people here. We're going to live our best lives. I just think that there's something really, really nasty about that when we pretend like something didn't belong to somebody else and you just go and help yourself to it regardless. Um, so you could be like, Kelechi, all of that from a fan. It's not that deep. Like your throat, shut up. Anyway, um, I guess that that's that for So You Mad, um, because I have quite a few things for Straw of the Week, aka Suck Your Mum. So let's get to that now. So the first few straws, or yeah, the first few straws are just quick, quick cussings, just quick, 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 boom, 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 boom. Only fans, only fans, you can go and suck your mothers because um, I'm hearing that OnlyFans um, is banning um, sexually explicit videos from being posted on the site um, going forward. And, you know, this has been a site that has been instrumental in how, um, sex workers have made money, especially over, um, especially over the kind of pandemic. And to now hear that they're now going to ban sexually, quote unquote, sexually explicit videos from their site. I mean, they said, oh, we'll still allow nudity, but we're going to ban sexually explicit videos. I just think that that's why, like just wild. It says here that the videos will be banned, um, from October the 1st, imagine on Nigeria's Independence Day, in a move that could devastate those who rely on the platform for earnings. The social media platform, which is used by sex workers as well as celebrities, musicians and comedians, allows creators to share pictures and videos with their subscribers. Under the new guidelines, people will still be able to post nude content on the site, but it will need to be consistent with the company's updated policies. Um, I just think that, why are you doing this? Now, they've said in a statement, In order to ensure the long-term sustainability of our platform and continue to host an inclusive community of creators and fans, we must evolve our content guidelines. According to the OnlyFans website, creators receive 80% commissions on their earnings, while the remaining 20% covers referral payments, payment processing, hosting support, and other services. Um... The this comes after a reporter um, approached the company over concerns about its handling of accounts posting illegal content. Um, in response, OnlyFans said that it does not tolerate violations of its terms of service and its systems, and age verification um, goes far beyond all re- reg- relevant global safety standards and regulations. So there's a lot happening here. They're trying to, um, it's all a bit of smoke and mirrors. Like definitely we want safety 
for people who are using that social media site that are using um, OnlyFans. We want for people to be safe, especially um, young people, especially young girls, that sort of things. And so people aren't being exploited. Um, However, I feel like OnlyFans wants to clean up their image, as it were, because they want to have bigger investors. They want to be able to sell this um, site. They want to be able to sell this social media platform to somebody that's going to pay a lot of money for it. We saw it done with like Tumblr and and things like that. Like something will be going really, really well. And then people will go, oh no, um, you know, and it's going well because of marginalized communities. We always forget that racialized or minoritized communities are the reasons that a lot of these sites start doing well. I said the same thing about Clubhouse. Clubhouse was popping because of black people. Then they start moving weird when it's like, oh, our aspirations are actually beyond you blackies. We want the money. We want the big, big money. So we'll use you to build the notoriety of our site. And then when it's time to um, move into the big leagues, you can fuck right off. Um, And that's what we're seeing taking place. And it's really, really sad to see like, yes, of course, there are definitely um, ethical concerns around um, if um, criminal things are being done there, but you didn't care about the criminality before. And I'm sure that there are ways that you could get around dealing with those things specifically, but it was never about that. You just want to make sure that, um, um, you know, banks are happy as well. Because I know that um, I think it was Visa that's been getting on their case about um, regulating um you know, what people are paying for on that site because they don't want black market this, black market that. Meanwhile, JP Morgan, cocaine. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I won't say anything else. But I just think like, you man are the biggest thieves ever. You man are the biggest criminals ever. And then people just trying to make a living because this 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 society wants to constantly um, usurp anything that they try to do in order to have any sort of like liberation or have any sort of financial freedom. They come and try to cut the thing short. Anytime anyone tries, boom, stop. But you lot are thieving every day stealing from right under our noses but it's 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 the it's the sex workers on the site that you've got vim for so definitely a straw for only fans definitely a straw for visa if that's what you're doing and, and you know spoiling people's livelihoods um but also a straw from the for the people who were rejoicing about this happening with only fans you don't have to be a sex worker to um to um respect sex workers right you you just don't have to be right? And so I find it really weird that people are like, yeah, good, it needs to go, all of these hoes, all of these things, all of this, that. Who hurt you? Why are you vexed? Why are you vexed? Because the thing is, even if OnlyFans go, your man's still going to cheat on you. Now what? Now what? Because the insecurity that you feel in your relationship and the insecurity that you feel in yourself that you're projecting onto sex workers, the call is coming from inside the house. Deal with yourself. Sex workers are the least of your worries. Deal with yourself right? Leave them alone. And I love that. I can't remember who tweeted it because I know her tweet went viral, but she was just like, if I stop having to earn money from OnlyFans because of all these regulations that are coming into place, I'm going to go back to fucking your husband. And she tagged a specific person. And I think her husband is some kind of like governor, senator, something, something. And she tagged that woman, um, the, the, the guy's wife. And I thought that that's good because you lot are jumping up and down doing all of this, that you're glad that it's gone. But sometimes sex workers are the reasons that some of your marriages are barely staying intact. Like they're helping you hold on to the final string that is keeping that, 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 that strangling music together.
yeah? So I would suggest that you behave yourself and you stop moving mad. But um, yeah, straws for everybody that doesn't want to respect sex workers and you don't want to respect them because you have a, a thing that you need to deal with about women, specifically in this case, receiving money for sex, but you receive the wedding ring for sex. So we could talk about that you know, but whatever, whatever, you know, whatever. It's just that you have to start really looking into things and thinking about what is going on here truly and how is this different from this thing and really start to being honest with yourself rather than attacking people and vilifying people that are just minding their business. And actually, if there were ways that we could go about like respecting sex workers and respecting the framework within which they choose to work within, then the people who don't want to be in that um, um, industry who are being exploited, exploited who are being trafficked much easier to identify much easier to advocate for and we can move forward from there but you're convoluting the thing and so you're ignoring the blatant exploitation the blatant denigration of sex workers and me personally I won't stand for it because I just don't understand why we cannot let other people live their life they're not touching you they're not hurting you they're minding their business doing what they need to do to navigate their livelihoods and navigate their existence and you're you're taking paracetamol for somebody else's headache. Mind out, mind out before your husband finds out. How about that? Um, so that's that for that part, um, of, um, the straw. The other straw goes out to the queen. I'm so sorry. I know that some of, well, actually I really doubt that some of you that listen or most of you that listen to this podcast, um, care that much about the queen, but I find it absolutely disgusting that, um, it's been said that she allegedly will allow Prince Andrew, um, who has, um, been accused of, um, sexual assault, especially, um, having sex with a minor because that's what Virginia and Jeffrey was at the time, um, and being involved in sex trafficking, allegedly, right? But she's allowing Prince Andrew, allegedly, to keep his titles, allegedly, for him, from his military exploits. And allegedly, some of the military people aren't happy about that because they don't want him um, associated or affiliated with all the things that they're doing. And I just think it's interesting because all your grandson had to do was marry um, a biracial woman and and want peace and quiet for their lives. And you were like, yeah, no, you don't get to keep your titles. You can go. And this is why that whole old poorly frail old grandmother narrative that they were trying to push when they were on Oprah was absolute rubbish it was crap but obviously we know that you can't come at the queen directly but tell the truth because she wasn't just putting but like it does she have power or does she not we need to know the truth because you lot saying one thing one minute and they're saying another thing the next minute if she has the power to say that this one this little rapey one can keep his titles and he should go and stay in Balmoral or whatever and go and be um, in that castle over there and keeping him away from everybody because he's been her rock, her pillar, her footstool. Um, like he can keep all of these titles. Then that means that she did have enough power to say that you could keep all of your things too. When your father, Prince Charles, was moving mad towards you, she also would have had the power and the influence to say, Ra, stop being a deadbeat dad. But um, and when she wants to look into um, what the, um, what policies are coming into place and legislation's coming into place about who, what finances people have to disclose, she suddenly got vim then. But all of a sudden, when it was you and your mixed race wife, she didn't have vim. Oh, then it's the institution, you know, then it's whatever they call them. It's them that's doing it, not her, the, the firm. It's the firm that's doing it, not her. There comes a point where, like I said, we all need to stop lying. 
And I think it's disgusting that he gets to keep these titles. He should be stripped of everything. He should be stripped of absolutely everything because I, he did that shit, allegedly. As far as I'm concerned, you asked me to choose, that's what I'm saying. But we'll wait in it. We'll wait. And even if we wait and it said something different, I would still say what I'm saying. I just think it's absolutely wild that this is what we're being presented with. Like you're the queen, you're the queen, you're the monarch, and this is what you're condoning. It just makes me think all the other things that you must have condoned that Philip was doing. But that's why I said that he can rest in piss anyway. Um, so yeah, straw for you, straw for your son, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and then my next straw goes out to the World Athletics, um, uh, what is it, committee, their, their scientists for the fuckery that they've been doing. Also, so it says here, um, let's move this out of the way. Casta Semenya's lawyers move. Casta Semenya's lawyers want answers from World Athletics after misleading study stopped her competing. Um, Casta Semenya's lawyers say that they have fresh hope of controversial World Athletics testosterone regulations being ditched after the governing body scientists admitted the findings that helped trigger the rules could have been misleading. Uh, Semenya was not allowed to defend her double Olympic 800 meters title in Tokyo under rules prohibiting athletes with differences of sexual development. And I don't even know what that means. Different, just because I didn't develop in a similar way to a white woman doesn't mean that I've got any sort of disorder. Anyway, um, from competing internationally at distances from 400 meters to 100 mile uh, to one to one mile, unless they take hormone lowering medication, and that's so um, specific, isn't it? Because why don't you have that same energy for the um, 200 meters, 100 meters, but it's 400 meters and above because that's where you found that white girls had a chance. Hmm. But World Athletics um, were are facing calls for from her legal representatives to scrap the regulations after the governing body's scientists admitted some of their findings were on a lower level of evidence. So that means that you, if a scientist is telling you that what they've gathered is on a lower level of evidence, that's like, look, babes, we were grasping at straws. We don't even know this to be true, but we're just going to give the, so the, we need to give the girls something, okay? We need to give them something for their misogynoir, and this is what we're going with. So that means that it was flimsy at best. Um, the evidence gathered by two world athletic scientists in 2017 found a performance increase in females with high testosterone levels over those with low levels of 1.8% uh, for 800 metres and 2.7% for 400 metres. However, the British Journal of Sports Medicine, which published the original evidence, has now released a correction to, their, to that 2017 paper, causing campaigners to argue that the rules should be ditched immediately. Semenya's lawyers have also questioned why it has not been... Um, why it was not released until days after the Olympics concluded because they didn't want our baby girl, Casta Semenya, to win. So when we talk about there being a concerted effort against like black female athletes to do what they're doing and people are using pseudoscience to justify and, and pretty much eugenics, as far as I'm concerned, to justify this fuckery, you can't turn to science to be what defines the things for you because it was the same science that said, oh, people with broad noses are less intelligent. People with this sort of skin colour are this and they're that and they're this. And you want me to believe in the same science is the one that's going to tell me that Casta Semenya should not be able to run because she's got higher testosterone levels than um, this one over there. No, 
no, if you can't blow, you can't blow. Like there are certain um, biological um, advantages that some people have. And it's just what it is. The same thing that you have with Michael Phelps, the same thing that you have with certain other people. My, if my genetic makeup um, makeup allows me to be able to do this thing and beat you, you're just going to have to accept it until I retire. It's really that simple. And it's funny that the sports that they focus these things on, because when you look at other um, disciplines within, um, um, you know, um, track and field and stuff, you've got, I think there was a trans woman that was um, competing, a trans white woman that was competing. So why is that different? Why is that like it's, it's the rules are being convoluted and they're being um, and it's being done in a way that is mainly targeting black women. And I think that that is disgusting. And I think that's extremely wild. So to the scientists, to the people who publish the thing, to the wealth and world athletics team, all of you can go suck your mothers, you dickheads. You can go and extract the testosterone, the low levels of testosterone that they have go and ex- extract it out of their non that's what I want for you. Um, so now for the final straw of the week, we knew that we would get here in the end. It's actually, I'm going from one thing into the other. Um, but I'll start this way. Let's see. Is it this one? Um, it says here, dear Kelechi, I hope you're doing well. And I look forward to your next lyrical remix intro to a chart topper in your weekly podcast. I would like to submit a request for Nottingham Castle and the woman who believes it's okay for her kids to harm others in the story below to suck their mother. Um, this comes after Panya Banjoko, a curator of the Nottingham Castle, um, experienced a vile encounter of bigotry whilst visiting this venue with her grandchildren. The first incident occurred when she was denied entry to one of the exhibitions without good reason. The sad thing about this incident is that as black women, we are forced to brush things like this off. I doubt they would have denied entry to a non-black family. And if they did, they would have been given a good reason. Now, the second reason involved her grandchildren. Her grandchildren became victims of a hate assault as they were kicked whilst racial slurs were allegedly used by another child. The mother of the child that assaulted Panya's um, grandchildren basically brushed it off as if it was no big deal and said her child can do what she likes. When Panya went to seek help from Nottingham Castle, they called her aggressive. I thought that people in 2021 were unlearning their racist ways, but clearly not. It clearly shows that racism and anti-blackness doesn't end in granny's generation. Here is the article of the incident. So it says here, um, a woman has told of her anger after claiming that her two granddaughters were victims of a hate incident at the Nottingham Castle. Panya Banjoko, a curator of the, at the Nottingham Castle in her 50s, took her granddaughters on a tour showing them the exhibitions at the castle on Tuesday, August 17th. The born and bred Nottingham writer and PhD researcher at Nottingham Trent University from Baseford, is it Baseford or Basford, um, has also held an exhibition called Don't Blame the Blacks at the castle and proudly showcased her work to the little ones. She said she was excited to welcome her family who came um, down all the way from Birmingham on a visit. She spent the afternoon with four grandchildren and her daughter wandering around the castle and admiring the artwork. The cheer and joy, however, did not last long. She said, I was with four of my grandchildren and my daughter and we were highly visible because we were six black women walking around the castle. She then experienced a few minor incidents, as she puts it, before the monument and before the moment that caused distress to her granddaughters. We had a couple of minor issues, but nothing blatant until later. The first problem occurred when they were denied access to one of the exhibitions. 
Now, because I'm a curator at the castle, I have a free access pass that allows me to go to all the exhibitions. I was told right there and then that me and my family cannot go in. I had a full pass and I could actually do everything that I wanted to do on that day with my grandchildren. We did not make a fuss. We did not want to make a fuss. We did not want to do anything. So we left. It sounds horrible. It sounds wrong, but you become desensitized to those kind of things. I took the name of the person and I thought I would follow that up later. But right there, I had my grandkids with me and I did not want to make a big scene of it and spoil their day. Miss Banjoka said she then went outside to get some fresh air and enjoy the view. Her daughter and one of the children walked their way um, to a shop to buy coffee. Um, the Nottingham curator took the rest of the children to the adventure playground to run and play like children do while she was sat on the grass nearby. It was not until later when Miss Banjoka heard a scream and then I witnessed the horrible incident. She added, I saw my granddaughter being punched by another child. I saw the child's mother standing there and I immediately got across the grass and went over to the mother and said, what's going on here? Your child is hitting my granddaughter. The mother said that it has nothing to do with me and I should not care. Miss Banjoka also claims that two of her granddaughters aged 7 and 11 and her eight-year-old grandson had been um, shouted at while they were playing. She said the oldest girl said she was kicked in the stomach while the youngest claimed she was pushed to the ground. They were also called dumb black girls, Miss Banjoka added. Um, the kid's mum told me her daughter can do what she likes. And then her daughter pulled a camera from my granddaughter's neck and threw it away. The heartbroken grandmother said she approached the staff at the castle asking for help. She claims that no one listened to her and a member of the senior management team kettled her into a corner and said she was aggressive. Um, I then had a conversation with her about it and asked if she knows any contentious, um, how contentious it is calling a black woman angry and aggressive when in fact I was distressed and upset. The, uh, Ted Cantle, the CB, uh, CBE chair of the Nottingham Castle Trust Board, has addressed this claim and said, this is a serious allegation and we're treating it as such. We're continuing to review the full details of what happened, as well as supporting the police with their inquiries. Despite her desperate calls for help, Miss Banjoko said she did not get anywhere and condemns the attitude of the staff at Nottingham Castle. When I was talking to the staff, it was like they could not hear the words coming out of my mouth. But there were two issues here. One is the assault which the police are dealing with now. The other major issue is the castle's inaction. The lack of response for me, that is the bigger issue because that means that the same thing can happen again. I am articulate. I have a profile in the community. A lot of people know me because I do poetry because I'm the founder of Black Archives. So I have, I have that prestige about me and yet this is still how I'm, I was treated. Miss Banjoko has also raised concerns about the lack of diversity within the staff and exhibitions at the Nottingham Castle and has called for change. In response, a spokesperson for the Nottingham Castle has added, we are always striving to improve the diversity of the exhibitions and of our own team. Since opening just two months ago, the castle has been successful in portraying many facets of Nottingham's history, including its diverse communities. We would welcome a meeting with Miss Banjoko to discuss how we can continue to implement positive change. Miss Banjoko said her granddaughters were left traumatised after the horrible incident. She added they were very quiet after that. I had them over during non term time to look after them so that my daughter does um doesn't not have to pay for child uh, child care they are supposed to be safe in my care and i failed to keep them safe um 
I could go on forever reading this, but I feel like there are the main takeaways for me is that Nottingham Castle can go and all suck their mothers through all of the crevices that are in the castle stones. They should suck their mother's juices from the crevices of the castle stones. Um, I think it's absolutely disgusting. I think it's disgusting. And I, you know, I respect that older black women um, want to move in certain ways and I get it. Because me... I would have popped off from when you're telling me that I can't enter the exhibition. I've got my grandchildren with me. So what example am I going to keep setting for them to keep walking away from things? And this is what gets me because I'm going to talk about my situation shortly. But it's what gets me that things happen like that and we have to keep brushing it off and brushing it off and brushing it off. And I definitely feel like there is a link between all the things, all the trauma, all the grief, all of the um, aggression that black women are faced with and how they internalize that and how it then translates to um, fibroids. Because the sacral region is where we find that a lot of our physical trauma manifests. That's what I think anyway. And it's things like this. We keep taking things and taking things and putting it somewhere. Where does it all go? That book that says, oh, the body keeps the score. You know, I think about that and I think about that for black women specifically. How many scores has, um, have our bodies just been keeping generationally? All of that. So, okay, you made the decision to walk away and not make a, a big deal out of the fact that you actually have a past that will get you into any exhibition at this castle. But this person that you're dealing with has decided to move mad. You want your grandchildren and your daughter to have a good day. So you're just like, you know what, bun it. Let's go to the next thing. And now you're in a playground. You're in an adventure playground and you're sitting there enjoying the grass only for a little white child to come and kick one of your grandchildren in the stomach and push another one to the ground. Let me tell you now, let me tell you now, as a mother, any child puts their hand on my child and it's not my child that's going to put their hands back on you. Because if your parents did not raise you well enough to, I don't care what fucking age you are, if your parents did not raise you well enough to let you know that you keep your hands to yourself, I'm going to show you how you keep your hands to yourself. Because um, Shukri Abdi, God rest her soul, will not be dead right now if we could just address the way that there are so many racist little white children because they're raised by racist parents. And people keep talking about all this bullshit. I have to say, like, I've got very little respect for black people who keep wanting to insist that, oh, racism is going to die out with the older generation. Are you fucking mad? Can you not see that? It's pervasive right now. It's prevalent right now. It's not just about the older generation. It's right now in your age, in your generation. And it's trickled down to the young people then, because if you're, if you're so sure that racism is going to die out with the older generation, why are all of these young people then on TikTok right now, all of these white children doing racist things all of the time, saying racist things all of the time, but you're telling me it's going to die out with the older generation. Stop lying to yourself. I keep saying it. It's time to tell the truth. Everybody needs to start telling the truth, but you're not going to kick my child, my grandchild, whatever, you're not going to kick them in a the tummy. And then I'm going to stand there and look, I promise you, I'll drag you up and down that playground. They can do investigation into all of us. And the thing is, even if I can't touch you because you're a child, guess who I'm going to touch? I'm going to fuck up your mum. I'm going to beat the shit out of your mum. Because if you're standing there telling me, oh, my child can do whatever they want, okay, then I'm going to show you how somebody else can do whatever they want. Because I think that parents aren't beaten up enough like, this is my controversial view. Take it how you will. I don't give a fuck. 
parents are not beaten up enough because if your racist child, if you refuse to get your racist child in order after you hold a couple of slaps, you will by force have to teach your child to pattern the fuck up. That's not a tried and tested thing. Maybe people might be like, oh, you get arrested for that. Maybe, but we're going to have to have a conversation about how your child ended up kicking my child in the tummy in the first place. People are going to school. Children are going to school. Young black children are going to school. Little white children are tying nooses around their neck. And you're telling me about, oh, it's the older generation that racism is going to die out with. You have got it all fucked up. You are lying to yourself. And I refuse to what? I refuse to lie with you. So, um, yeah, I just think that so many things were enraging about that situation. But one thing that I definitely resonate with deeply after this week is the fact that I'm distressed about the way that I'm being treated. I go to go and let a member of staff know and instantly you're portraying me to be the angry, aggressive one. Instead of reading my distress, instead of reading my upset, my grief as what it is, you're reading as anger, as aggression, because that those are the only emotions that people recognise from black women. We surely cannot show anything else. So I just think that Nottingham Castle can go suck out their mothers, the, the, the people on the board, um, the staff members that moved mad that day, all of you go suck out your mothers dry, you're absolute dickheads. Um, moving on from that or following on from that, I will now talk about my experience um, over the last week. I always talk about how this podcast is a love letter to myself and how it's important for me to have this um podcast as a way of archiving, of documenting the things that I experience in um, society. So on Monday, I went to, you know, I put the podcast out, did all I needed to do, went about my daily motherly duties. And then in the evening, I was like, you know what, I'm going to make a chickpea curry. And you lot have said to me, you shouldn't buy your chickpeas from Tesco. Okay, noted. Anyway, I went to um, Tesco to go and get chickpeas and get all the, the other things that I need to make food. I get to Tesco now and I'm buying my things and um, putting my things in a basket and I'm manoeuvring the my baby stroller, left stroller with one hand and I'm holding a basket in another because I do not have time for people to come and a- accuse me of theft by me throwing things into your stroller or throwing things into any basket that's connected to him that I have not yet paid for. I know that there are some black people who are out there going, oh, well, I do that all the time. Well, good for you. I'm not joining you. So anyway, now, um, I'm maneuvering the stroller with one hand and I'm, um, holding a basket with the other and I'm filling it with things. Luckily, you know, I'm physically rather strong and agile and dex, is it dexterous? Um, anyway, I'm all of these things. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm doing all of these things now and, um, I get to one aisle and the aisle is blocked by two towers, you know, like those two stocking um, towers sorry, I'm just plugging in, um, my MacBook. Um, so I'm blocked my, the, uh, my way, my path is obstructed by two, um, of these mini towers that they're using to obviously replenish and restock the shelves. So on my left, there's a South Asian guy, Southeast Asian guy sitting down and he's got like packs of Uncle Ben's rice on his knees and further ahead to the right is a white guy that's just finishing up with a customer and he's walking towards us. So I see no point in um, making the South Asian guy get up, take the Uncle Ben's rice off his um, knees to come and move the trolleys if this white guy's already walking towards me and he's just going to move one of them. So I just wait patiently because I feel like it's very, very important to respect retail staff. And I've said it on this podcast before, especially during this panini that I hate the way that retail staff have been treated. So um, I'm waiting now. 
and then the white guy comes, lanky little white guy comes and he moves the, um, his trolley from his side of the aisle. He moves it so I can actually get through. So as I'm walking through now, he says to the um, um, Asian one, he goes, oh, she wanted you to move the trolley, bro. And that is the first lie. That is the first lie in that situation because I did not want him to move the trolley. I wanted you to move the trolley because he was already doing something. So don't assume what I wanted done because I just waited because anyone with common sense would know that I saw that you were already on your way. So because he said that now, that set this one off. And I've seen this one for years as I've been going to the store. So that set him off now. And as I'm trying to reach down for coconut milk, all I'm hearing is, I, I hate when people do that. I hate when people do that. They think that you're some kind of mind reader. Like you're meant to know what they need. Like use your mouth, bro. Duh, 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 duh. And they're agreeing with each other and they're chatting. So at first I was going to ignore it. Then I thought, no, actually, I'm going to address this. I said, I turned to them and I said, actually, the reason I didn't say anything was because I could already see that you were busy. So I was just going to wait for your colleague as he was already walking towards us to move the trolley out of the way. No, 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 no. People expect that from us all the time. They're always expecting us because we're in uniform. What? What? I said, whoa, 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 whoa there, horsey. Whoa there, horsey. You don't want to take that tone with me because this can get mad for everybody very quickly. That is my, um, my poem. All right. So, um, I've said that now. I don't care. I don't care. It can go wherever it needs to go. I said, you're saying that as an individual, but you're going to give your establishment that you're working for right now, you're going to give them a lot of stress if I react to what you're doing right now. So already I'm laying down the things. I'm letting you know that you don't want it with me because the smoke is endless. If you want, if you come at me, whoo, you, I just, I just know you don't want it. Not South Asian guys running up his mouth and the white one, he's just there doing eight mile Eminem. He's just dropping things in here and there. Like, yeah, yeah, fam. Yeah, bro. Just trying to remember all the things that he knows. Um, anyway, so he's running his mouth and I said, look, I could film this. We can go on live. Like if you don't, let's not do this because again, I'm like, I just came out to come and get chickpeas, get coconut milk. I'm really trying to mind my business and I've got my son with me. We don't need to be doing all of this. Um, no, he's still running his mouth, running his mouth. So I was just like, okay, cool. I want to speak to a manager. Well, if you want to speak to a manager, you can go to customer service because I don't work for you. Oh, okay. But I'm noticing. So at that point I said, I'm noticing this behavior, right? That you're exhibiting right now. And I just know that you would not do this if I were a white woman. There's something strongly um, misogynistic and anti-black about the way that both of you are behaving. Raw, look at her bro bringing race into it. You're the real racist. You're the real racist. Fam, fam, when did we say anything about race? When did we say anything about... And I think that it's interesting watching these two men perform in their black sense while being horrendous to a black woman. Anyway, as I'm walking now, um, one of the floor manager appears and I'm trying to tell him what's happening. Meanwhile, the Asian one is still in the aisle now punching boxes down, cardboard boxes down while looking at me. And he's talking about, no, I don't want it. To, I don't have to take this. I don't care. You can have however many people watching you, following you. I don't care. I'm going to say, I'm going to do the things. And I, because people do that too often. We're not mind readers. That's what we told you. We're not mind readers. And raising his voice. He's making a whole big thing. Meanwhile, I am still speaking in this tone telling the floor manager what's happening. So please tell me why these people are now saying to me, calm down, calm down. 
And then a black woman, of course, because you know a black woman has to be an op in any of these situations. Gladys, with her with her aggressively dyed blonde hair, shows up out of nowhere. And, and, and Gladys is like, oh, darling, darling, calm down. Remember you have a child with you. Don't try and police me with my child. Never should anybody try to police me with my child. It's exactly because I'm with my child that I will not tolerate disrespect that I do not have to tolerate. Was I shouting up and down with them? No, I was not. I was not shouting up and down with them, but I'm going to assert the points that I was making. It's really that simple. I'm going to keep restating what I just said. This is anti-black behavior. This is misogynoir. I will keep stressing. I don't care if you lot don't have access to that um, to that vocabulary. I'll also break it down for you, which is that what I did. And I kept talking. And so you're now telling me you remember you have your son with you. And this is how you lot end up not living lives. This is how you end up not living lives and you die miserable because you have an excuse every time for why you do not stick up for yourself and why you do not stand up for yourself. And in that situation, you're seeing a black woman standing up for herself instead of you thinking like, rah, I'm going to back it. All you're thinking about is, oh, I could never do this if it was me. So let me try and shoot her down. You're a disgraceful human being, Gladys, with your with your shaka 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 dyed blonde hair. Your cran 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 dyed blonde hair. You're useless. You're useless and you're a failure as a black woman. I want you to know that specifically. Telling me about, oh yeah, you've got your child with you. Calm down here, calm down. And she's got a hand up in my face. I'm like, Gladys, move your hand because you don't know me like that. Move back up, back up, move. So then she goes, ah, see? as if, oh, there I am proving what she thought. I'm just being irrational. And I just thought in that situation, recognizing that I am possibly the calmest person in that situation, I was able to almost step out of the situation and look at how people gather to collectively gaslight black women. You're seeing this guy, the Asian guy's literally there punching boxes, almost doing backflips during through the aisles from his anger. The white guy's realizing that, oh, this is going a particular type of way, but he still hasn't backed all the way off because I can hear him talking about, bro, don't let her use you for entertainment don't let her get entertainment out of you bro don't let her do it she's trying to boy you she's trying to boy you and I promise you both of you will rot in hell both of you there with your black sense with your performance of black masculinity you will rot in hell so that's all happening now and you're all in my face though with me holding onto my stroller and my basket still and you're telling me that I'm the one that needs to calm down. This is how, this is the psychological warfare that people try to inflict on black women all of the time. So now I've explained what's happened. They're told to leave the shop floor. Um, Tweedledee and Tweedledum are told to leave the shop floor. As they're leaving now, the white boy's like, oh, I didn't even do nothing. I didn't even do nothing. When in fact, you did a lot. You did a lot because you started this whole situation, really. Anyway, the Asian guy's walking by now and then he goes to me, leering at me. You know, like, oh, you know that kind of aggression that men bring out and you're like, you only bring out that aggression with me. Would you do that? Would you square up to a man? Would you square up to another man? Would you specifically square up to a black man in that way? I doubt that you would. Because when you get clattered in your chin three times, you will relax, you will sit down. So he's now almost trying to square up as he's walking past and he goes, you're lucky I'm in uniform. I said, is that meant to be a threat? He said, he shouts it. And I'm sure the camera would have caught this. He's shouting it, whether it catches sound or not. You see him jumping up and shouting. It is whatever you want it to be. There's always outside. And meanwhile, he's been escorted off the shop floor by all of these people that would have heard him say that. And if they claim that they did not hear him say that, then they too will burn in the seventh hottest pit of hell. 
imagine how shaken I am now that I'm having this experience. I'm standing there having to defend myself and I'm doing all of these things and I've just been spoken to in that way and I'm having to process the whole thing. I was furious, but I knew that the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to jump on the internet and I'm going to write a thread about what's just happened and I'm going to make a video about it. So we head back home. Um, I tell my partner what happened. He's like, oh, I'm going to, um, you know, you ch chill. I'm going to go for a walk with Lev. And they go only for them to come back. And he's like, no, I went to the store because I needed to find out who the hell thought that it could threaten my family. And I think that that's also important as well, because I don't talk about my partner and things like that on this um, podcast a lot. Um, people don't know my life and I like it that way. I don't want you to know my life. But I also think that it's very, very important to understand that I don't roll with just anybody and you, some of you have experienced it already. A couple of you experienced it already where you've talked crud online and then you've seen me in person and then you've seen who's been with me in person and you've had to run. So don't ever disrespect yourself in that way. So anyway, he's gone now to find out what else is, what's happened, you know? And then the floor, same floor manager is like, oh yeah, you know, we're so sorry. We're, we're, we're dealing with it. We're so sorry. It's just that he was so um, offended because your partner called him racist. And when actually his, um, his girlfriend or his wife is Jamaican, what does that mean? when different ethnicities of people live in Jamaica, first and foremost, but also if you're trying to insinuate that his partner is black, that's even worse. I fear for her life because that means that he's dating a black woman, but he's just threatened me, another black woman with violence. So that means that he's not somebody that anybody needs to be around. And this is another reason why just because you date black people does not mean that you cannot be a raging racist. In fact, that's where you'll really, really enjoy it because you can really play up to the power dynamics that work for you in terms of how you've both been racialized. And I've talked about that before and people have tried to take my tweets out of context because they don't like to they don't like to think but it is what it is anyway that's happened I've tweeted about it the threads picked up speed um and and people are sharing it people are having this whole conversation around it and then um Tesco is now DMing me that oh yeah we want to talk to you about it and you know the the actual store manager says can you come in tomorrow and another thing about that situation I noted was the fact that they didn't even try to take my details. They were so ready to kind of like brush the whole thing off. They were like, oh, the guy was, uh, the floor manager said, oh, you could take my number. You could take my name. But there was nothing. There didn't seem to be anything in place as to um, this customer wants to file a complaint. Let's write it down. They were just like, yeah, yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. We've taken them off the shop floor. I go in the next day and um, uh, I see that the white boy's working on the tills. As soon as he sees me, I think um, it might be a coincidence, but he left that till. Um, and then I go to the back to go and speak with the store manager and he's explaining this, explaining that. And I'm, I'm then having to explain to him that it's still, um, it's still racialized, um, sexism that took place on that shop floor, but with the two of them, me, a mother with my child, like that's no, absolutely mad. He's like, Oh, but it shouldn't happen to anybody. I said, yeah, but it's not happening to anybody. It's happening to me as a black woman. It's not happening to everybody. And that's the exact point that I'm trying to make here. And you could see that it was still going over his head, but he's like, Oh, well, we started an internal investigation and we're dealing with it. Well, there's somebody else that's coming from another branch. So it's impartial, rare, rare, rare. But before I even went and saw him, another black woman who works there, she came up to me and she was like, oh, um, when I saw that it was you that this had happened to, I was so shocked because you're so nice to us when you come in here. I was so shocked. And I said that to them. And um, anyway, please forgive him. He's got problems at home. You know, that's why he lashed out that way. And you need to understand respectfully, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. There's been times in the past 18 months where my life was crumbling when I'm holding on by just a prayer. 
and keep going. And I still come make this blood clot podcast. I come and do all of the things that's respected um, or expected of me. And not once do I go and lash out at any other person because what I process my things and I've been working on that inner growth, that spiritual growth, I've been working on it. And so I'm not going to tolerate somebody threatening me and then you're telling me it's because he's got problems at home. I don't give a fuck. I honestly do not give a fuck. So um, they've spoken to me now. I went in the next day after that and I'm seeing that the guy, the Asian guy that threatened me, he's there stacking bread. He's literally out on the shop floor stacking bread. So that lets me know that what I've told you about the way that I was spoken to, that other people witnessed was clearly not that of that grave um, or that severe, um, um, you know, a violation of the policies that you have in this supermarket because he's still out here in a customer facing role, stacking fresh bread. And I'm sorry, you're not threatening me in the presence of my child, knowing that I have my child with me. What were you going to do? You're going to beat me up with my child there. That's when you would have seen, you would have literally seen the veil of what we call reality open up and all of my ancestors would have stepped through that veil and they would have beaten the shit out of you immediately. They wouldn't even try to keep the pretense of the fact that we're existing in this realm, this physical realm anymore. They would literally break that barrier and fuck you up right on the road. Yeah. And that's what you would have received. But it's just wild to me that he was allowed to be there. So again, I jump on the net and I said, what happened? And now I'm told that finally the regional manager will speak to me. Only then did they actually explain that, oh, we've got HR policies in place. Um, that means that they have to be given a certain amount of time to do this and to do that. And now everything's officially started and, you know, we'll get to the bottom of this and we'll let you know once everything's concluded, because we can't let you know anything while anything's going on. That's fine. But me, I've already reported to the police on top of that because you will not threaten me the whole Kalechi or Lufumilai or Kafa, you will not threaten me and think that I will take it and I'll stand idly by. Those days are gone because I've now realized that if I can't rock your jaw, then I'm going to have to take other means, other, other means that you've told me that these are the avenues that I have access to. I'm going to have to use those things instead. I told you before that it's either a courting or a clarting. And if I can't clart you in your throat, then we're going to have to go into a courting because you will not threaten me under this, under this vast blue sky and think you'll get away with it. It's not going to run. So all of that's been dealt with now. Meanwhile, I'm minding my business on social media and um, one useless piece of shit um, who's been on social media as long as I've been on social media, I imagine. And I we used to follow each other, whatever. Um, he now, um, he's tweeting about the fact that his um, wedding that's meant to be at the weekend, I guess, by this point has been called off and he's, um, it's been called off and he advises people not to cheat. So I think that from what people gar- um, garnered from this tweet, it seems like he was laughing about the fact that he cheated on the person that he was meant to marry next week. And all I can say at this point is, I guess, birds of a feather flock together. If the story happens to be true, you know, then birds of a feather flock together. And I just think it would be rather sad that somebody who's in their mid thirties at this point is coming online to tweet through cheating on the partner that they were about to marry and other people are egging them on. That was the saddest part to see people commenting with bro, bro, you serious, bro. (laughs) And that's how you lot lead each other over the cliff. That's how you lot lead each other directly into hell. And you don't want to address it. But anyway, all of these tweets are happening. I'm minding my business because I've blocked this guy 
from ages ago. Blocked, I blocked him, blocked back, he blocked back. Good. All of you stay away from me. All of you nasty pieces of shit, stay away from me. And more so because you were one of them people that have been following me from back in the day. But I don't think we speak about enough the jealousy that certain black men have. And notice I have not said all black men, but there are a certain group of black men that have a very overwhelming jealousy that they feel when they see black women being successful, especially black women that they've seen as just like casual everyday people that they've seen um, online or in real life or whatever. So they do everything in their power to try to quote unquote humble them. And so let's all go back to the time of 2018 where everyone was having their fun and jokes about, oh my God, I can't believe she's with a white guy. You that's been following me for, for years, you were already aware of this, but because people were joking, regardless of whether you also would have been privy to the fact that I just had a miscarriage, you were all running your jokes online. And that's why I promised you lot from that day onwards, whether I tweeted it um, at you or not, that none of your lives will be good. Anybody that was celebrating, whether publicly or privately during that time, watching that happen because you're so hateful of the fact that I'm so great and I will continue to be great. And there are things that haven't even manifested for me yet that will make you literally dig your own grave and get right into it. But all of that threatens your sense of reality. So, oh, we're going to let the jokes fly. I don't care if I know her or I used to know her. I'm going to let the jokes fly. And that's when I was just like, you know what? Block block because you lot are nasty individuals. You're nasty individuals and nothing good will ever come to, to you or for the people who are around you as long as they continue to know you. But I've looked at that and I said, no, I'm not getting involved in that fuckery. But then I see now that because Ash, who I follow and I and I like the way that Ash tweets, I think he's funny. Um, Ash must have like commented on it in passing. He didn't even at the guy. He didn't at him. He just commented in passing only for him to now write um, something like, oh, um, why is this? Who made this guy the advisor of the timeline? Um, something like that. Who made this guy... Who, yeah, who appointed this guy advisor of the timeline? Someone tell him I said he should suck his dad. He can't suck his mum because he won't enjoy it because he's since he's gay. Thank you. Meanwhile, all Ash said was, but yes, back to that outrageous tweet. If you're friends with him, you should tell him to delete that and have respect for himself and his ex, fiance. Um, that um that isn't laundry for the timeline to be key keying over and i feel like that was a fair response like if it's true that you cheated on your partner or whatever happened and your marriage or your wedding is now off a wedding that people probably bought ashoy b or bought whatever you they were in your culture they bought it to attend this day and you're coming to laugh about it on the timeline it feels very icky it just feels like this is not something that we should be privy to whether directly or indirectly, whether we follow you or not. It should be not, it should not be a conversation for the timeline. It's really rather embarrassing. It's really rather pathetic. And I feel like Ash's message was kind enough. Didn't at you nothing. Only for you to now say to him who appointed this guy. And I want to understand, you said, um, someone needs to tell him to suck his dad. He can't suck his mum because he won't enjoy it since he's gay. So you're telling me that you as a heterosexual would enjoy sucking your mother is that not an Oedipal complex? Didn't someone not explain that to you? Like, this is how some of you who don't have the intelligence or the range to enter into battle with certain people, you come and now come in head first only to make yourself look absolutely ridiculous. Like, that is just a wild, wild, very homophobic thing to tweet in the first place. So I've seen that. And that's why I then ended up tweeting again on my page, minding my blocked business. Some of you think you've successfully tweeted something and made it come off as banter when in fact you've just let the world know that you're deeply troubled and extremely unhappy. 
Right. I don't think I've said anything untoward there. How he saw the tweet, I don't know. But then, you know, a lot of people like to follow me from their burners or they have these people who follow me who then send the tweet to them to really rile them up. And again, all of you people, you can suck your mothers for eternity. And I hope that you rot. I hope that you rot in the most vile way possible, in the most uncomfortable way possible. I hope you rot. Um, Anyway, um, Nii, because that's his name, N-I-I, he now jumps on a burner um, the same burner that he's now using at this point to abuse Ash. And he says to me, um, this is why them men wanted to beat you and your kid in Tesco. Any wise mother would have walked away. That's what you get. So this is a black man about to marry probably what another black woman who's saying that me as a black woman, I deserve the disrespect that I received in Tesco when I was just literally out there minding my business, wanting to buy chickpeas and coconut milk. And you'll be the same ones that want to hashtag black love. You lot don't know black love because you don't know community. You lot don't know black love because you don't even love yourselves. You don't love your mothers. You don't love anything. You don't love anything to do with blackness, really. You hate yourselves. And because of that hatred, that that internalized hatred, you project it on everybody else. But let me tell you today, Ni. Let me tell you that I know your full name now. And if I wanted to be a petty ass bitch, I'll put your full name out there so you're not using your alias anymore. But I've got dignity, I've got respect for people. But let me tell you that it's the wrong one that you are playing with. You lot play your little playground game, your little silly childish games on your corner of Twitter. Don't bring it to me because what you'll bring to me, what I'll bring back to you, will be far more than your entire lineage could ever handle. I instantly told my friends at um, Twitter, even though I reported the tweet, um, they said it didn't violate community guidelines because, again, nuance. Um, But I told my friends at Twitter and they saw all the other things, all the other vile things that he was tweeting. And from that burner, it could have only been him tweeting it from that burner because he literally created it like 10 minutes before he started sending all the abuse. And that, again, goes to show you the the mental state of the the men that some of you are choosing to interact with. Like, these are the men that you are willing to be publicly seen with, even privately self. And you want to tell me that, oh, um, what is it? A good mother. What did he write here? Um, because I said I would drag. This is why the men wanted to beat you and your kid in Tesco. And again, you're the second black man to mention my child in a derogatory manner, in a disrespectful manner online. And you have your own son, right? Don't let the curses that I land on you go anywhere else but you. You need to behave behave yourself because that's why some of you are dealing with generational curses right now because your fathers your mothers decided to go and move mad to somebody and the person that they moved mad with was so spiritually protected that everything that happened to you was going to be passed down generation through generation like that curse was going to keep hitting and hitting and hitting you don't want this curse to hit anywhere other than for you so i suggest you mind out before you spiritually find out you piece of shit right? The last guy that decided to mention my child, even in the abstract online, is now picking up the pieces of of his life from the gutter. Know who you are talking to and use respect when you're talking to me. Don't make me make it so that whenever you see me, you just have to prostrate on the floor and you don't even know why. Don't play with yourself in that way. Some of you are playing with fire and you're getting burnt and you're not even realizing it. Like it's catching the hem of your trousers and it's burning you and burning you and burning you and you don't even realize. And sometimes things will crumble slowly, but I promise you they're crumbling. And even in your life right now, we can see that it's crumbling because look at your big, big, at your big, big age, you're jumping on burners to send homophobic, nasty, nasty, vile messages, misogynistic messages to people. This is what you want to do with your life. You're, you're not far from 40. 
You're not far from 40 and this is what you man are doing online. Disgraceful. Absolutely fucking disgraceful. They pulled down the burner instantly, but I have a problem with the fact that his main page is still up. Like take all of, or take all of it down. Remove all of it immediately. And let me let you know this now, Nee, that your friends, there's nobody that can protect you. Again, in the middle of the night, when your dreams start troubling you, when those things start appearing in your dreams to deal with you, there's no friend to protect you. I can make you very miserable from realms that you are not privy to. Behave yourself now and keep my name out of your mouth. Don't message me from no burners ever again in your life. Don't mention my child ever again in your life. Because people, we can all mention children and I promise you, what will come out of my tongue from being wronged is going to be far more powerful than anything that you could ever do. So behave yourself, have respect for yourself, have respect for your family and stop being such a dickhead online. You are the one that in fact needs to go and suck your mother because after all of these years, you have not gained any sort of maturity, any sort of way of behaving. Wait, don't you have sexual assault allegations that you're still facing? And it's me that you have Vim for. It's me, Ash, Rihanna, all of these people that you have Vim for because you came unprovoked to share information that the timeline did not need. And I really worry for the person that can see your behavior. They've seen your behavior online. They've seen your behavior in person and they still chose to want to marry you. At this point, I have to say, babes, you deserve what you got. If you thought that you could marry this piece, this, this, this bottom of, this bottom of the barrel boo, your bottom of the barrel boo is what you chose then. Boo, hoo, hoo. It's all, that, it's all that's going to be the result of that. Don't. Stop playing with yourselves. And if anyone wants to try and jump in for you, they'll catch it too. Even the friends that were alluding to guns and all of this stuff. All of you need to behave like you're, you're really posturing for the timeline. And it's like you want to go and sleep under the jail. Stop it. Stop it immediately. For context, like this, these are the kind of tweets that the, this guy that you lot are friends with, these are the kind of tweets that they have been writing over the years that you've chosen to affiliate yourself with. This same guy tweeted, impregnate women and tell them I will respect whatever decision you make, then spike their water with bleach. That was one of his tweets and he got lots of retweets and people loved him for that back in 2016. And I don't care if you lot are like, oh, but they're historic tweets and whatever, whatever. If the person is still moving reckless today, then those tweets still count as far as I'm concerned. He also went on to say, oh, you've got to find the best angle to video her without her consent and then send it to the mandem. Okay, right. These are the kind of people that you lot want to be affiliated with. And these are the kind of people that are rebranding to have a podcast. This is why your podcast, whatever you do, won't prosper. None of the things that you will do will prosper because you keep trying the wrong people. And this is why earlier I talked about, or I, I mentioned on my tweets, um, yeah, like last week, that in Yoruba cosmology, we have the concept of Ori. Like we believe that before you arrived into the physical realm, you chose a spiritual head, your destiny. And you either chose a good head or you chose a bad head. Olori Buruku, you chose a bad head, a chipped head that would only gather misery. And I believe that some of you, you chose a bad head, you entered into this world and all you seek out are people who are more powerful than you. Um, so they, um, and you choose to antagonize them so they can speak ill over your life. And so therefore you're more miserable. Other people might stay away from cursing you out more because they realize that this is the journey that you're on. I won't stay away from it because you're telling me that's what I get. Do you know the amount that I've done for this community, the global community and the immediate community of London and Britain? Do you know how much I've done? And you're telling me that's what I get, like I deserve violence. 
And you're telling me about um, a good mother would, um, any wise mother would have walked away. Any wise mother in your case should have taken the birth control pill, should have taken the morning, morning after pill. Any wise mother in your case should have used the condom. Any wise mother who even went on to even procreate with you should have not done so because you're not the kind of person that anyone needs to be multiplying into the world. You're nasty. You're a nasty person and you should not be allowed to get away with the fuckery that you do in terms of assaulting women, whether physically or through the internet, um, and through the internet, it should not be allowed to be um to continue. So you can go suck your mother. And now a special straw goes out to all of the people that we have as mutuals. Time and time again, you lot insist on following me, insist on buying my shit, buying my merchandise, kicking with me here and there, reacting to my stories, doing all of this, but you insist on following a piece of shit like this guy. What kind of cognitive dissonance is that? How do you think that that's going to work? You're not going to get any spiritual benefits from my cards or from whatever the hell else I do when you continue to um, hang around and tolerate the behavior of these kind of people because it does reflect on you. Whether you realize it or not, it does reflect on you. Especially cards who can't say, oh, it's a case of there are fine people on both sides because I have done nothing to these people. I do not deserve the fuckery that I get in return. I'm minding my business fully minding my business, but because I choose, I have the audacity to be great and live in my greatness, I need to tolerate abuse from vile, insecure men, I refuse, and anything that you buy from me that's meant to help you spiritually is the equivalent of having a beautiful house that's clean inside, but you've got shit smeared on the walls or smeared on the windows outside, that's currently how you're living, the shit smeared on the windows outside is people like this guy that you continue to, um, um, to, to affiliate yourself with, um, I just think it's ridiculous. It was the same with J2 Prick, J2 River Thamesmead that um, said, oh, you know, what is it that you should um, focus on you and your Polish baby or whatever he said. And now his life is doing bass boss with him and it will not stop. There's no church that you can go to in this world that will be able to, st- that will be able to take off that curse that I've put on you. Until you apologise and publicly, nothing you do will ever come to good. And that goes for you. The, whether you jump on a burner or not me, whatever you do, nothing in this life, there is no mother that will remove what I've said over your life, there is no mother that can refu- remove it except for me, because it's me that you tried, yeah, and you need to all stop trying me, that's the only thing that you need to do, just stop trying me, but you refuse because you chose a bad head, like, um, I like that, that you, you chose all of this for yourself and that's why it'll keep landing on you. Bam, bam, bam. By 2023, you will not recognize your life because it will be in a rubble. It'll be in a heap. It'll be crumbling because that's what I've said that will happen and it will be no other way until you choose to rectify your fuckery. And as for you people that can continue to be there watching while get you're garnering so much from my experiences, so much from my vulnerability, so much from my transparency. The one time that you need to speak up and be like, bro, this is wrong. You can't keep doing this to people, especially not to her. You'll be there silent. Only two people messaged me and said, you know what? I've said that I don't want to be friends with that kind of person no more. I'm backing out. Like they made that clear. But And they made it clear that they had to choose a side because it was unfair what was happening. But the rest of you will be stretching your long throats and your eyes to enjoy my content and to enjoy the the, the great things that I do to, to, to replenish your life and your energy. But you can't even speak up and say, you know what, actually, I don't want to be part of this no more. I, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to unfollow this guy. If you can't unfollow him, please, I beg you, just unfollow me. I'm not going to miss you. I don't need you there. 
some of you, whether you follow me for years with Kiki's and the DMs, whatever, unfollow me immediately. Stop listening to my podcast. All of you, fuck off because I don't respect you. I think that you're just as nasty as him because you have no spine and you can't speak up for the things that you see that are blatantly wrong and I want nothing to do with you. It's really that simple. But I had to make sure that I got all of that off my chest anyway because the reality of it is this, that I will do so much in life. I give so much of myself in this fucking life, so much to people, and the reciprocity is waning, absolutely just disproportionate what I get back, and I, at this point, I'm fed up, and I'm tired of it, these are the lived realities, and this is why I make the podcast that I make, it's not meant to be glamorous, it's not meant to be glitzy, it's just meant to be truth, my truth, and my truth is that as excellent, and as brilliant, and as loving, and as kind as I am, I still have to tolerate people just coming at me for no reason, and for others to stand by and watch, whether it's at Tesco, whether it's on the internet, you're just standing by and watching, are you not embarrassed, are you not embarrassed that this is what you're doing, Oh, she's strong, she can stand up for herself, but should I have to, is the question, should I have to, don't keep telling me about how much greatness I bring to your life when things like this happen and you're quiet. But big up to all of the people that reported his fucking stupid burner account um, in the first place. I appreciate you all. All of the people that called out the fuckery. I appreciate you all. Same with Tesco. I appreciate that you all made sure to mobilize and to amplify my message and my tweets so Tesco knew that they needed to pattern the fuck up. I appreciate all of you people because I know that you won't ever let me down. But as for all of you other people, um, you lot and your bottom of the barrel boo that you continue to stick up for, I just think that you're all messy, you're all disgusting, and I want nothing to do with you. Anyway, Lev is calling me now, so I need to go. This has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What, that's right, suck your mum. I've been Kelechi Okafo. Uh, you can follow me on at Kelechi at Say Your Mind Pod, and you can support the podcast on patreon.com forward slash Kelechi Okafo. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Catch you on the flip side. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman is baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Copy, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sippy, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something, you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind.